My name is James Rowlands. As a child, I was a die-hard wrestling fan. And my love never faded. A year ago, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White. Since then, we watched the very best the WWE Network has to offer by watching something then, now and forever and see if it's worth the $9.99 a month. One day, we'll have watched everything on the network. But until then, we are with you. And we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And it is episode 80 today, and it's going to be a Cruiserweight special, Dan. Oh, Cruiserweight, I'm looking forward to the 205 Live. We've got 205 Live, we've got NXT Update, we've got ECW, we've got WCW, between all the Cruiserweights as well, and the latest comings and goings on the WWE Network. But so before got... anything else, we are headed to Osaka, Japan, to watch the NXT Championship match between... Samoa Joe and Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. What an episode. And like we say, let's go to Japan. So we've been waiting now for two weeks to see this match, Dan. Are you looking forward to it? Do you think it can live up to all the hype? Um, I hope it does, yeah. Um, you know, it should be a brilliant rematch between the two. I don't think Shinsuke was on his game in their previous... You know, he's in his home country and I'm sure if anyone can win, it'll be Shinsuke. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be a great match. Like you say, Nakamura in his home country and let's get the uh, entrances straight away. Joe with a strap, two-time NXT champion. First time ever two-time he, champion. The first man to defeat Shinsuke Nakamura yes. in WWE. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, if that doesn't give Joe something, I don't know what does. And of course, the crowd responding really well to Shinsuke in his hometown. Uh, there is no one bigger or better or badder in NXT or maybe WWE nowadays than Shinsuke fucking Nakamura. And in his home country, looking to become second two-time NXT champion. But would you rather have seen Shinsuke lose and move up or lose and have this match in his hometown to regain, well, potentially regain his NXT championship? Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting. I mean... Well- Taking anything away, removing his undefeated streak, or do you reckon that's removed a bit of pressure from Shinsuke? Because not only did he have the match going into it, he had his undefeated streak. And I know that was tough for The Undertaker in the build-up to his... WrestleMania matches, you know, it's like... Yeah, and we soon go face-to-face. And Dan, during the entrance, you brought up a couple of really good points there. You're saying about, uh, should Nakamura just gone up to the main roster? Should he still be around in NXT? I think when you've got the shows in Japan and they're going to like, Australia, New Zealand, 
Samoa Joe is a big star, but I think you need that kind of big match as well. And a series of Joe Nakamura matches that I'm, I'm sure we're going to have is a perfect place for them. These two men will be on the main roster in 2017. I've no doubt in my mind about it. And I think with Nakamura as well, with the undefeated thing, I think it does help him out because uh, I always thought Nakamura was invincible. And I couldn't believe Nakamura only debuted April this year. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Not I, even been in it a year Yeah. Yet. I mean, we talk about AJ Styles. For me, Nakamura feels like I've known him for so many years now and followed him, you know? Uh, well, you know, from when he was Shinsuke Nakamura uh, it's to... Just... You know, we have a lot more respect for him who actually pronounce his name correctly. Majority of the time. Majority of the time we do, yeah. And But it, to go against Joe now, we know that they're one-on-one, you know, and Joe can get the job done against Nakamura. So this will be a tight contest. And we see the Japanese fans do a tradition. Throwing streamers into the ring. Yeah. Big match feel, though, especially with a, a Japanese star for WWE to be able to do this. It must be good for them. Most definitely, yeah. I think, you know, it's... A lot of people obviously know who Shinsuke is in their home country. You know, they might not know too much about NXT. They they've obviously must know about Joe. Yeah. You know, being wrestling fans that they are in Japan because Japanese love wrestling as much as anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, Joe, Joe's wrestled in Japan as well, so like he's got a reputation, like so. Oh, yeah, on, he's on been through JPW, and I'm sure there's been a few New Japan wrestling matches in this arena. Yeah, without doubt. I mean the. The scene is set, you know, the match is, is here. It's, it's, it should be a right crack. I mean, I'm not sure what to expect. Maybe Joe taking the offensive early on. I mean, what are the keys to victory there? Uh, Shinsuke's got to use his speed, try and, you know, absorb as much of the energy from the crowd as he can. Yeah, just try and avoid Joe as much as he can. And Joe just try and take the King of Strong style out with Joe's Samoan strength. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the thing for Joe as well in this one, I mean... Beating uh, Nakamura at Takeover too, as he did, at Takeover, too, beating him at Takeover Canada as he did, was a huge shock. I mean, I don't know if Nakamura would be able to recover if Joe was to beat Nakamura in his hometown or his, you know, in Japan as well. I could come back from that, or if he would deserve another shot at the title. Shinsuke's got more to lose. Yeah, I mean, but this is officially Samoa Joe's first title defense since winning it, isn't it? So I mean, it's worth taking note as well that since. Balor left and Shinsuke was like, you know, the next challenger to the title. And I like Balor lost it to Shinsuke, didn't he? Lost uh, the not, the title, Shinsuke. not the title. Balor lost to Joe. And oh, he did. Yeah. Balor had Nakamura did have a one-on-one match on NXT that we've seen this year when Nakamura did beat him. So, But, but, I was just, but sorry, since on. that little triangle thing has, en- you know, has ended, Balor's moved up and it's just been these two. No one ha- else has had even as much as a look-in. No, title. but I think that's the main event scene has improved since Balor's gone. I mean, with Balor, he had a few challenges with the Nakamura with Nakamura's champion and Joe thing going on as well. I think it means more now the NXT title in a weird way because it's more personal feuds as well, isn't it? You know, it has. But you know, for the last quite how many months has it been now? Because you know, it's every four months to a major pay per view. Obviously, in between there, there's minor time title defences, you know, at Little House shows and that. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Yukabur y- and Joe <laughs> been together now since July, you know, because you so, talk about the build-up yeah. for the first match they had. Feuds carry on now until December, so it, it's been a, a, a long feud. A six-month yeah, plus but, feud, and it's going to go into the new year, potentially. We'll see what the, the plans are as we go along, but, I mean... Do you want to see some fresh talent in the main event scene now? Do you want to see it injected, you know? Um, I would do, yeah, even if it makes it as much as a match. You know, because there's no reason why both Joe 
and Nakamura shouldn't be in the title picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but there yeah. are others that are stepping up, you know, like Bobby Roode, he's starting to come into his own yeah. character. You know, there's a couple more challenges there I can't think of. But I, I like, with the, top of my head. The, the thing is with Bobby Roode is that I can, I see what you're getting at because you've got like Nakamura and Joe on top there. And then the underneath scene, you know, Bobby Roode's fighting, but he can fight, like Ty Dillinger. Don't get me wrong, I love Ty, but are you expect a bit more main event star to go against it? I know there's not a lot in NXT and they're building them up, but, yeah. you know, that, the focus has been on Nakamura Joe. I think Roode is the next one, but then after that, it is difficult to look at and say, oh, it's going to be him. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. going to be him. You're going to have to build someone up. And that's what I'm saying about Dillinger. Maybe you never know. They could be doing that because they need other people. Well, you know? it's like, you know, if these two do inevitably move up early on next year, had the main event scene dominated by two guys who aren't there. So, like, you know, maybe at least introducing a third person to that that can kind of, like, take the reins off these two when these two eventually, you know, inevitably move up. Yeah. And, you know, they can start their own feud with the next person yeah. down the line. And, you know, they can be the big two men for the six months until... They inevitably hand over else, yeah. because you know it did start going into a three-way dance with Nakamura Jambo. Yeah. So you know they introduced Balor. You know they introduced Nakamura into it, and these two took the reins as Balor moved up. You know, yeah. so it's all like they're always promoting the next big things. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. So it'd be interesting what they do. They don't want to leave themselves in like an Oscar situation, do they? Of having just that one exactly, dominant yeah. and no challenges. Uh, that's why the tag team division's done so well as well. Someone like Team DIY. Who, you know, weren't a legitimate tag team, taken seriously now and have become champions. And you don't discredit them for it because Revival are helping them out. You know what I mean? So, and the other way looking at it with American Alpha or any of these main event guys, you know, Nakamura Joe, if you rush them up or put them up when there's not really a situation for them, they'll just get wasted there. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. th- this is what can't happen with Joe or Nakamura. I don't think it will. I think as soon as they're up in the top stream, they're going to get main event status from the fans. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my hopes, I mean, we talk about hopes and dreams, but like my hope would be Samoa Joe uh, gets pushed out of the Royal Rumble, comes in, conf- you know, confrontation with fucking Goldberg or Lesnar or one of those guys, do you know what I mean? But meaning that, if he has at least two matches before WrestleMania... When Balor's supposed to return, he'd have had more main event matches in Balor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. As we talk about Samoa Joe, just go for the muscle buster. Nakamura rolled out of it. And yeah, so Samoa Joe, he's started to regain some of the control. Um, Nakamura started early off with a good bit of offense, had a triangle chokehold on Joe, wearing him down until Joe managed to worm his way out of the ring to get the separation between the two. And, you know, Joe started to slowly take over and grind Nakamura down like he did. Uh, Canada. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is the game plan in over two. He's trying to hit those three suplexes again. Nakamura reverse only for a second, though. And Joe back again in full control. And I mean, it's been all Joe again. Are we expecting another maul in like we did previously? Oh, maybe has got Nakamura's number. He knows how to beat Nakamura. Seems to be a step ahead at the moment. Well, him. Nakamura starts to fight out. Joe just changes his hold on his suplex and flips him over a different way. And, and we talk about. Joe making his way up main roster with Nakamura. He's got to debut the night after WrestleMania. Like the reaction there he would get to challenge whoever the champion is or whoever to come out there would be fucking banana, as Pat Patterson would say. It would <laughs> certainly be banana. But the crowd's absolutely been silenced by Joe, and you know Nakamura's not able to absorb the energy from him. So, one thing about the Japanese crowds, 
and with the tradition of them, usually they are quite quiet. They like to sit there and watch wrestling and enjoy it. And then as the build up to like the opening stages, the end stages as it was, yeah. they might get a little bit louder. But it's when they're quiet because it's a sign of respect in a weird way. Because ah. the WWE fan usually are up, chump, you know, shouting about. Each not paying any attention yeah. to what's going on. You look at every fan that's sitting in their seat. Yes, most with mobile phones in front of them now, but they are watching the action. <coughs> <coughs> but it's good NXT can branch out and see. I mean, they've had um, a takeover in London now, haven't they? They've been to Canada. They're in Japan at the moment. They're going to go to New Zealand and Australia. It's good that they can go around the world, basically. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, aside from Brock Lesnar's couples of tours from the beast in the east and on the outside and Joe's got the steps he's going to do Nakamura done to him before he's going to try and slam him Nakamura fighting out of it and he's still fighting out now he doesn't want this move to happen and he reverse Joe and hits him in the back of the head with a kick now can he oh. throw him in the ring and get the advantage good Shinsuke nothing against Joe I mean he's he's performed flawlessly you know well we talk about Shinzuki Nakamura I think for NXT this year Joe has been a constant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we start with Joe Watch, like I'm saying. Yeah. And we've worked to come. The, the, he have a dependable on NXT throughout, you know, the past two years. You look at the people that he's, he's wrestled against or had or fights with, you know, Kevin Owens all way back then when Kevin Owens was part of NXT. Yeah. Uh, and it was him and Joe, you know, Nakamura, Balor. He won the Dusty Classic, didn't he, the first year. You know, Joe's basically done everything he can in NXT right now, and especially yeah. the first time to... The first two-time NXT champion as well. Aside from winning the tag team championships, yeah. which I'm sure he could do on his own. Yeah, but is Nakamura getting back in it now? Is he uh, stopped the oh, Joe? Oh, he's got Joe up on his shoulders, but oh, the sheer weight of Joe and Nakamura. I think gravity slammed Joe more than Nakamura did. He did. But you got to remember with Nakamura, like I say, he got injured by Joe before TakeOver. At TakeOver, he got hit with the same move again. Is Nakamura 100%? You know, it, what's getting him through this match? Is it just adrenaline? Na- yeah, I think Nakamura's running on adrenaline Ooh, at the moment. Big knee to Joe. This could be it. Two. Yes! Three. to Joe. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Wow. And I didn't even think the fans saw it coming. Not- we saw him brawl on the outside. Like you say, Nakamura with a Kinshasa. Just-, just out of nowhere. Wow. And I didn't even think the fans saw it coming. Not- we saw him brawl on the outside, like you say, Nakamura with a Kinshasa, just hitting out another, taking Joe down. But a new NXT champion, the second man to become two-time champion. I mean, couldn't happen to a nice guy, could it, Nakamura? Definitely not now. And, you know, I think the way these matches was going, it was building to this type of thing anyway. Um, yeah, and for him to win it in his hometown again, perfect. Yeah, I mean, fair play to him. Like I say, the match... The match was good, wasn't it? I mean, not as good as their previous encounters, maybe? No, but for an NXT, it was brilliant. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a pay-per-view. Joe didn't come out... Um, Nakamura didn't come out to a violinist or another violinist or another violinist <laughs> to about ten violinists. You know, he come out as normal and, yeah, it was a good solid match between the two. Joe dominating as he normally does throughout the majority of the match. I mean, Shinsuke started off strong. But, you know, whatever Nakamura was trying to prevent, Joe was just changing himself up and... Calling everything Nakamura had until the inevitable happened and King Shasha out of nowhere. Do you think Joe has been hurt with this defeat? Do you think his thanks has been taken away from him? No, I don't think he has. It was only delaying the loss to Nakamura again down the line, you know, because if this hadn't have happened, he would have lost to him beforehand anyway. 
You're, you're, you lost they would it. lost to him in Canada if they wasn't coming to Japan. Yeah. But we got to remember as Nakamura celebrating in the ring, Smile Joe. <laughs> Joe's looking on as well. Smile Joe does have a rematch clause against Nakamura, so I'm sure he will use that at some point in the future. We know Nakamura is actually beatable, and Joe managing to wear him down. You know, I, I don't know. Shinsuke didn't look as strong in this match. I mean, he took a lot of punishment, and it wasn't until like the knees to the back of Joe and. King Shasha, I mean, Nakamura was on a back foot. Yeah, it's more Nakamura, what Nakamura had to do as opposed to um, either enjoying himself. You know what I mean, he hit the move to, to win the match. His goal in his head probably was just like, I want to be champion again. This is what I'm going to have to do. You know, I'll take the punishment and I'm able to hit the news. We've got breaking news now, brought to us by Charlie Caruso. Dan, what could be the breaking news? Joe's having his rematch. He just quickly signed the contract. He looked like he was suffering from concussion beforehand, but he's managed to sign a quick contract to say that Nakamura will be facing Joe in Melbourne, Australia, inside a steel cage. Yes, and the great thing about that as well, Dan, is that that will be the main event of this very podcast. In We will be watching. So we are actually having a podcast which consists starting off with Nakamura and Joe and finishing with Nakamura and Joe. I mean... <laughs> Everything sandwiched in between that's going to be like nothing until the end. What an episode. What an episode. Uh, so we'll continue. So this will be our last WWE Network catch-up of the year. So um, we'll be looking at what's new on the network. And Dan, what happened in November? Um, in November, more ECW content was released. And seeing as it's also a Cruiserweight special, let's have a look at two greats in action. What's the date? The date is 24th of December, 1995. The event? Is ECW Hardcore TV, and the match is Rey Mysterio versus another masked man, Psychosis. I mean, we get to see a really early Rey Mysterio. 11 years on from this, would win his first. And what do you think of Rey Mysterio? We'll we'll have a little talk about it now. I mean, what's your thoughts on Rey Rey? I don't know. He he was brilliant. He, you know, he was a great high flyer. He was the ultimate underdog in a match. Always managing to overcome. He was, you know, he was one of my favourites in WCW when he was there. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, I just admired his heart, his moves. He was always on the button. Yeah, no, I really like Ray. I mean, like we say, we're going to see him here now against Psychosis in a hardcore death match. This match actually took place uh, November to remember, but we're watching it now because on Hardcore TV, they're showing the, the highlights of it. Dan, tell me a couple of facts about Ray Mysterio and Psychosis. Both men have featured in all three promotions, ECW, WCW and WWE. Both have been cruiserweight champions and they feuded through Mexico into ECW and into WCW. So, you know, these two knew each other like the back of 
their hands. Yeah, and there's H's and we see the match start off and there's always quick starts here. I should explain the death match here is it would be pinfalls do count, but then you can't you gotta answer a, a count of ten. You've got to get back to your feet by ten, otherwise it is done basically and yeah they've been feuding like we say through Mexico into East W throughout the whole of nineteen ninety five these two men were basically trendsetters in America because WCW at this point really hadn't had the guys like this, you know, Psychosis and Mysteria. Nor uh, had WWE. No, I don't know. No, no one had seen this type of action. And Lucha you, Libre style. Sorry to interrupt you. but Yeah, exactly. Lucha Libre bringing that hardcore element to it as well. So they were adding stuff to it that we never seen before. And it's crazy to think, I mean, Mysterio's size here, he looks tiny, doesn't he? You know? He does. And um, Tattooless as well. We've seen the evolution of Rey Mysterio coming through. Pick the English. I don't even think he's old enough to have a tattoo yet. No, I mean, at the moment here, you wouldn't... Oh, my God. He tried, like, a backflip on the barricade and didn't really yeah. work, did it? <laughs> but it's extreme. Anything can happen. Oh, and he gets a chair thrown at his head for good measure. Dobbazoo, psychosis. Do you know much about him? He was part of the uh, LWO. He was indeed, and part of the Mexicals as well in WWE yeah. when he had his uh, chance. But apparently very difficult to work with. At this point in time, Psychosis was going to be a bigger style than Mysterio. You can really see it in the height, I suppose, if you think about yeah. it. But... I mean, Mysterio looks tiny compared to Psychosis. <laughs> yeah. And Psychosis is no bigger than a referee. Psychosis to the top now. Oh, hits the moonsault on Mysterio, going for the pin. And now he's got to stay down for 10. But this stuff hadn't been around night five. I mean, we, look about the, we talk about the In Your House events we've watched this year. Oh, they're going for big men. You know, <laughs> yeah. huge bastards. You compare the two. It's like, this is what was going on ECW. You can see why ECW is such a trendset, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Like, I even like the classically stained mat they use <laughs> in as well. I don't think that's on purpose, but... No, I mean, they had everything, didn't they? They had the hardcore style of action that we know. We had the, the cruiserweight technical wrestlers. We've seen this maybe a match people have forgot about in time, but it is one of those classic encounters between these two men. This is basically what opened the doors for the CWC and, you know, all that side of things to come f- for the f- from the future. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, 205 wouldn't be around now if it wasn't for these men breaking those doors down, you know? Yes. Obviously, Psychosis with the Gorilla Press on Mysterio against the ring. <laughs> so, to look at these two, would you ever think that one of them would be a record holder in the Royal Rumble. No, I mean, Mysterio looks like a little child here, you know what I mean? He's got yeah. none of the muscle mass, like we say. Don't get me wrong, he is a fantastic wrestler, but he just looks so small and psychosis again, pinning him for an easy free count. Don't think at this point in time you could ever say that this little fella here would be World Heavyweight Champion. He's just, you know, don't get me wrong, Mysterio's a fantastic wrestler, but, like, you just wouldn't see it. I'm sorry, it'd be like looking at James Wellsworth now and saying, yeah, he's going to be the next WWE Champion. I don't think that's quite... <laughs> comparable <laughs> all right Kalisto could you see Kalisto be WWE champion no not in no. a million years and this is what Mysterio dealt with you know he was Mysterio was the smallest man on every roster he was a part of I'm sure about it do you know what I mean like yeah. and to fight through that even if it was what happened in WWE in the end like you know with the Guerrero things he still managed to get to that position and have so many great matches throughout his career as well you know 20 year career but then he you know he absolutely destroyed JBL at Wrestlemania he was the man that retired JBL, if I remember correctly. Because he's had some brilliant matches, some brilliant rivalries. I mean, you know, all the stuff with Randy Orton yeah. during the Eddie Guerrero thing was brilliant. You know, playing on his kids' side of things as well, you know. Brilliant elements. Yeah, exactly. As we see a um, corkscrew leg drop, that psychosis just hit there. And yeah, I mean, Mysterio's has so many great views. You know, Chris Jericho, all, all these guys. And, you know, with psychosis, it was... 
his main rival throughout, um, like say Mexico, ECWWW, up until Mysterio met Eddie Guerrero, and then yeah. those two men kind of took it on from there. You know, Definitely. if Guerrero wasn't about, maybe we'd see classic psychosis versus Mysterio matches in WWE. You never know. <laughs> so as closest with a drop kick, and he's going outside now. Picking up a steel chair, which of course is legal. It is all legal in ECW. Anything goes. Using steel chairs is just part of a standard. Don't use a chair, you get disqualified. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, psychosis beating down Ray. DDT putting the chair on him. He's going to go top again. Yeah, moonsault right to the back of the head on the chair, and it's another three. Mysterio cannot get up. And how many times has psychosis beaten Ray tonight? It must be six. I think WWE was wise taking out the free count. But we didn't have last man. That's what I'm saying. Last man standing didn't exist. It's crazy, isn't it? Someone actually yeah. come up with that. They probably saw this and go, hang on a minute. It's that the same with Hell in the Cell. It's like, let's have a bigger cage. You know? <laughs> Trendsetters. And Mysterio managed to dodge out way of Psychosis. But just on his knees now, crawling. Psychosis wants to put him out of his misery. And Psychosis throwing a chair at Mysterio as well. To the top again. Oh, look at Mysterio, though. Puts the chair Psychosis with a somersault, uh, moonsault into the chair on Ray Mysterio's knees. Now, the little man has a bit of an advantage. Yeah, it is, and clever by Ray. Going to use your chair now. Yep. Just <laughs> throws it at him. That'll do. Mysterio now starting to get his own bit of momentum going. I mean, he's been quite quiet throughout the match. He has. He might be rejuvenated now. Oh. Big spring clothesline. I mean, you know, didn't really see much of this. <laughs> no. Psychosis on the outside. What's Mysterio going to do now? <laughs> Fucking hell. Takes him over the barricade. Into the fans. Well, you wouldn't see that nowadays, but what's Mysterio do now? Fucking hell, <laughs> springboard moonsault to the fans below. I mean, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Mysterio taking him down. Oh, fucking hell, the fan nearly got you by the chair then. Mysterio just swinging away. Well, there we go, down through the crowd, out towards the back, and it is all go here. And he... Oh, no, Psycho's trying to get away. Mysterio's stopping him. Yep. <laughs> Straight to psychosis. Mysterio swings it so hard, he disappears out of view when he does it. <laughs> Power takes it away from him. I mean, in 1995, around the same time, WWE had Triple H against Henry Godwin in a hog pen match. Yeah. It's like night and day, isn't it? You know, And in WWE at this time as well, you had Hogan versus the Giant as well, like we saw with Halloween Havoc. You know, So oh, yeah. all this kind of cartoonish thing, and these W just brought the realism. You know, They were the... Uh, Nirvana to the, the music industry, you know, the, the kind of... Most definitely. I mean, the lightest wrestler was 1-2-3 Kid, and he was going against, you know, he was with Psycho Sid going against a couple of big fellas. Yeah. And they've gone through the crowd now, and behind the bleachers, and Mysterio's got the chair. Throws it at Psychosis again. I mean, he likes throwing chairs at people. Where the fuck oh, is Ray psychosis. going? He's going right up top. Fucking hell. Oh! Hurricane Runner off the top to Psychosis onto a chair. And he gets the free. Get the 10 count as well. <laughs> Mysterio well, you've got to get back to the ring yeah Mysterio going through the crowd making his way back to the ring Psychosis just sat there Mysterio and the ref in the ring fair play to the referee to make along so briskly as well and now he's asking the referee to count Psychosis not even to his feet yet it's quite clever actually taking him so far away from the ring that when he actually does eventually get up it's still taking him about a good minute to get to the ring yeah. oh <laughs> the Psychosis stumbling about there not able to make his way to his feet that was the last time we ever saw psychosis. <laughs> and Mysterio gets the t- count out. He does get sitting in the chair, look, sitting on his phone all happy. Mysterio wins. But, I mean, what a match that was, Dan. That was quite a good match, actually, you know, to see 
what Rey Mysterio was doing before WWE and even WCW where I recognised him from. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those matches you have to go back and look at. This is WCW. They took their cruiserweight division from ECW. These wrestlers were having the exact same match the following year on Nitro, you know, and, and you can see why now the tradition continues. You know, you have these people back in the day, Mysterio, Psychosis, these men like this, building the way for today, and it's good to go back and see some of the, the old cruiserweights as well. So we are staying with ECW at the moment. We're just going to go through the top 50 OMG moments which became available on the WWE Network. WCW and WWE have had top 50 moments. I mean, it was a few there that I've forgotten about and a few there that I remembered. I mean, we'll go through the top five, but we'll go through the talking heads first, which I thought were quite interesting to see. And in no particular order, Dan. Uh, it was Joel Gertner. Stick it in a hurtner, Joel Gertner. It was great to see him, yeah. Exactly. Mick Foley. Yep. Joey Styles. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Raven. Yeah, he looked fucking rough as fuck. Yes. Rhino, you had Cyrus. Yeah, he was only there. He's W two thousand two thousand one color commentator with um, Joey Styles. Uh, Taz, yeah. who come on, went on to become a commentator as well. <laughs> Sign guy Dudley, yeah, looking normal. Yeah, I know it's weird. He's he's had his hair cut. He lost a bit of weight now, and you know that was all right. Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, Lance Storm, Little Spike Dudley, Y two J. Uh, Bubba and Devon. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see them all, wasn't it, really? That yeah, all... it was, you know, it went on for well over two hours, but it was definitely worth it. Yeah, but it was good to see the talent as well come back, making sure that the ECW guys weren't dead. And I think with Raven there, I mean, exception of maybe Shane Douglas, I think we've seen everybody yeah. involved. So we're just going to run through the top five quickly, and we're watching the number one moment. Uh, top five. Mike Awesome. Yep. Against Taz. Yes. Uh, WCW versus WC, WWE in ECW. Yeah, uh, Mike Awesome had uh, signed a contract with WCW and gone over to there. Taz was contracted with WWE. Paul Heyman needs a solution to it, so they booked that match in the ECW arena for the ECW title. Taz won, Awesome left, and then eventually dropped it back. Uh, number Crucifies Sam. And what was interesting about the Raven Crucifying Sam, man? The interesting thing about that was Kurt Angle was backstage. Yeah, and Kurt Angle was going to sign with ECW, uh, devote Catholic until he saw the crucifixion and, and thought better off it. Um, number three was Shane Douglas throws down NWA title. <coughs> uh, basically, Flair and Dusty can kiss my ass. Yeah, that infamous speech when, like you say... Uh, he became the first ECW champion. Number two was Kimona and Beulah McGillicutty, lesbian kiss. Um, yeah, both both made out big time. I think we can watch the top two. <laughs> no, 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 we've only got time. I think we can. Watch. <laughs> we, 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 we'll make time. I'll cut, we cut something else. No, we, Come on, we can cut <laughs> something else. We've only got time for the number one. And the number we've always got time <laughs> for lesbians. <laughs> so we've seen all kind of crazy shenanigans. We've seen ring breaks. We've seen wrestlers break. And all this kind of stuff. But what was the date, Dan? It was August the 13th, 1994. And I'm pretty sure it was a Friday. And it was Mick Foley versus Terry Funk. I mean, these two men feuded around WCW during this time. And another classic encounter. But we'll find out what happens. Well, you see a couple of the things that went on throughout the match. I mean, Mick Foley getting his head caught in the top two ropes. You know, like certain wrestlers get their ankles caught and it looks like they're in pain, yeah. but yeah. And uh, they had Public Enemy there and Cactus asked for a chair. 100 chairs streaming over. <laughs> Fuck loads of chairs. Is this staged? No, they just asked, Cactus just asked for a chair and then that's what they decided to do. <laughs> Fuck me. 
This is what ECW did. They were just extreme. <laughs> Who threw something, Cal? Someone threw <laughs> something that wasn't a chair into the ring. Oh, no, it's just a chair upturned. Well, that's what happens at ECW when I threw a chair. You get delivered 100 chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Funk gets taken out. That's brilliant. <laughs> Mick Foley's like, yeah, fuck this. Yeah, I'm getting, getting out, out of this. Bit, this mate. is too extreme for me. <laughs> and in a couple of years' time, I'm going to be falling off top yeah. of a cage. <laughs> But this is extreme. No, they say it a little bit less crazy, yeah. No, it was a trash can. Oh, yeah, look. Trash, who threw a trash can? Who the fuck threw the trash can? But, Dan, what do you think of, uh, yeah, the top 50 OMG moments? Oh, my God. No, there was some really extreme moments. I mean, you know, th- this was extremity before its time, I believe. You know, it was... This paved the way for a lot of the WWE events. Yeah. Um, and a lot of WCW Goings on as well. Yeah, I mean, we looked at ECW and ECW there. WWE wouldn't have had Attitude Era. I don't care what anybody says. I don't think their wrestlers were as great as WCW's or WWE's. I mean, they're hardly a shade on them. I mean, aside from the likes of Taz, Dreamer, Sandman. No, you you make an excellent point, Dan, and this is what ECW, we're going to still look at ECW now because we're going to look at the untold authentic story of ECW and what one of these things that uh, was said in it as well Heyman was like he didn't have the best talent and WCW did but he took the guys like Taz was too small maybe Bob was too big and he enhanced what's good about them and, and hid the negatives and that's how he built his talent and because you look at Sam and you look at Dreamer they're not technical wrestlers but it was a character as such and what oh they yeah to but him, you know? it's you know I think they did disguise a lot of their small namedness with the extreme moments. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, I know, like, a lot of big wrestlers have gone through, you know, they've done a bit of time in ECW, you know, from the list that we read off, you know, yeah, yeah, it exactly, is yeah. a lot of brilliant wrestlers have gone through it, but, you know, it's not really meant anything. You know, it's not classified as if you've won the ECW title, you've not won the heavyweight championship. Uh, Roundtable is my jam, Dan, and I was looking forward to this. Yes, um, you had Corey Graves on hosting duties and started one-on-one with one of your favourites, Paul Heyman. Yeah, and uh, they talked about ECW, how it was created. There's nothing we haven't heard before, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, the rise and fall of ECW is a must-watch for new fans of ECW, you know, from the ones who only took notice of it when it was part of WWE. Yeah, um, yeah but I don't think the new breed... Brought in much justice. No, I mean, if you if you're gonna if you want to watch something to learn about ECW, yeah, Heyman did explain a little bit about it on this one. But Rise and Fall tells you everything in depth, you know, and I think that's that's the main thing. Yeah. A couple of things Heyman said that uh, we hadn't heard before. There was two things. First, Heyman said he wasn't paid by the WWE at any point. Yep. And even though people still say today he was including WWE management from that time. Yeah, so, you know, people like Jim Cornette say, no, we paid him half a million, and we, we know we did. Heyman is still saying, no, you didn't. So there's still a little thing in the air. What was the other thing as well? Um, the other thing is that uh, no one knew is that Disney came close to buying ECW. I, I didn't believe it when Heyman said it, but he said they came close to 48%, but in the end, because it was too extreme product. But I think with Heyman... I always take things he says with a bit of a pinch of salt. I don't know about you, Dan. You know? <laughs> like, was he just, yeah, I think it sounds like something that Heyman would just say just for the reaction, I suppose. Yeah. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. And then uh, Graves introduced Bubba, and they explained Bubba ran day-to-day operations for ECW. 
And speaking of Bubba, let's take a quick break from ECW and talk about another new programme on the network. Yeah, excellent, Dan. Um, yeah, WWE Storytime, so 20th of November, and was the first uh, episode. It's animation, the same as like Camp WWE is, uh, but it's narrated by Mean Gene yes. Oakland. So I knew you'd like that. And the wrestlers tell their stories. Um, these are the stories from the first two episodes. We'll run through them quickly. So we've got Bubba's car drive with Big Dick Dudley. That's why we stopped it quickly because it was Bubba talking about that. Next story, Dan. Uh, Flair shagging loads of stewardesses. Yes, uh, Jake Snake escaping as well. Please don't call my dad. <laughs> now, now, now. Right, now, <laughs> Bubba's car drive with Big Dick Dudley. Yeah. yeah. Flair shagging loads of stewardesses. Yeah. Jake's snake escaping. Yeah. What? And please don't call my dad. That was a very funny story. It was a shame at man with Bubba when they were driving and Shane said, I'm going to bring my dad. And Bubba said, please don't, please don't, please don't. And he still did. Anyway, Big Show's worst flight. Uh, the funny thing about that was Ric Flair was on the flight and he said, yeah, that's my worst one. Big Show turned around and goes, but haven't you crashed in the plane twice? <laughs> but um, um, Mark Henry mud wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> What could be better, eh? And, <laughs> and uh, Frugal Foley. We heard a couple of stories about Foley being good with money and anything like that. Uh, Dan, what do you think of it? Uh, it's okay. And at 12 minutes each, it's not too offensive to my eyes, ears and <laughs> watching ability. Yeah, well, let's get back to the East W roundtable. Bubba's best line there was, there are two types of people back then. Ones that were jealous, they weren't in ECW, and ones that were fucking jealous. Yeah, and um, Bubba was on great form tonight, and he told a story about Paul Heyman as well with FedEx. Um, This is how much Heyman was basically a liar back then, maybe. Uh, Bubba rang him up and said, Paul, you're meant to be sending the check to the uh, television station to make sure the program can air. Have you done it? Heyman said, yes, I have sent the check. Bubba's like, well, no, have you actually sent it? Heyman said, yes, I have. I was like, okay, I know you're lying. How have you sent it? Heyman said, FedEx. He says, all right. Paul, give me the tracking number. Paul Heyman, without taking a hesitation, taking a breath, said, 7865-2792-8786. And Bubba said, that's one number more than the tracking number should be. Heyman said, we'll take the last number off, and that's it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) So... That's why you can never take Heyman with more than a pinch of salt. So it's those type of things that Heyman was always, you know, I think lying to the talent in, in certain ways. But then again, it's what ECW did to stay afloat, didn't it? But who was the next man up? Next man up was the early suplex machine, Taz. Um, and it's been a while for him now. Good to see him back. Yeah, I, I think it's good to see him. I liked him on commentary. I know he wanted to maybe, add, you know, to go away and do his own little thing. But I think... I've always been quite a big fan of Taz, really. Yeah, I enjoyed it from, you know, the moment he first came out, he gave it his free eyes, come out and Taz missioned Kurt Angle yeah. to submission. You know, we I think we've seen it on a podcast before. Yes, we have. We saw it start of this year, if I remember. And we talk about each of the talents doing certain jobs for ECW. Taz did the shirt designs, the T-shirt designs. Well, all of them. All of them. So every ECW talent you see... Taz designs in the top, basically. Ah, so hence why I was mostly tie-dye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what else did Taz do, Dan? He also ran the dojos, ECW's training camps. Yeah. And it was quite a funny moment. They took the piss out of Taz for not training anybody famous. And they, cause yeah. <laughs> he actually didn't, you know. And uh, Taz was funny with Bubba and they're passionate about ECW. You could see the passion there. Oh, definitely. They all loved it, yeah. 
And the next two men were Tommy Dreamer and Devon Dudley. Yeah, and it's good to see these two men. I mean, Dreamer's running his own house of hardcore, I think, now. But Devon, recently, on-screen talent, now working backstage. And it's good to see all the men together, really, after a while, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, what did you think of it? Uh, real good stories. Nothing really new, lad. But, you know, finished with what they thought of the legacy of ECW was. Yeah, so we're going to have each man's thought on what they thought it was. Uh, Taz said it was not in a bottle and it will never happen again, you know? Yeah, which, well, that's definitely true. Yeah, that's definitely, um, yeah. Bubba, he said that ECW was the Napster of wrestling. Yeah. I think, you know, it's the earliest thing that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if Napster wasn't created and iTunes wouldn't be around, the same with if ECW wasn't created and the WWE wouldn't have taken so many for the products as we talked about yeah, yeah. just in this show, you know. Uh, Devon, he, he said it was special and he owed all the guys there and uh, he started crying and Heyman started to cry as well. It's getting quite emotional up in there. It is getting quite emotional, yeah. Um, Tommy Dreamer, he started crying, <laughs> called Heyman a scumbag but would do anything for him and he said on Mount Mashmore it would be Heyman with the wrestlers behind him. Yeah, and uh, Heyman, he's humble, but he couldn't agree with Tommy because he said the Mount Rushmore, he said he would have talent in front and Heyman would be standing behind. Uh, uh, and I mean, that kind of summed up his W there, didn't it? You know, what it did, said. yeah. You know, um, I think credit is due to both management and the talent on that show. You know, they worked really well together and come up with some brilliant, memorable moments. So back to the cruiserweights then. And it wasn't only ECW with the talent, was it, Dan? It wasn't, no. Um, early on, WCW, I think, before WWE picked up the Cruiserweight out WCW, it was primarily WCW that had the Cruiserweight division. Yeah, exactly, and it's easy to go back to the WCW back catalogue and pick out a choice Cruiserweight match. But we're thinking a little bit later than maybe the average fan would think as well. So, Dan, what was the date? It was the 17th of December, 2000. What was the event? It was WCW Starcade. And the match? The match was a ladder match. It was the Young Dragons' free count versus Noble and Courageous. The winner would get a shot at Chavo Guerrero's WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Now, you might ask me one question here, Dan. How can someone challenge a single title in a three-way tag team match? Is only one of them representing the Cruiserweight title or is it whoever gets the pinfall? No, it's because this is WCW and this is the kind of shit that they did. (laughs) So it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not, they can still do it. Even the commentators, even Tony Schiavone has made, you know, looked at this and Stephen said it. But, yeah, we say, so the, um, we'll go through the team. So the Young Dragons, Dan, who were they? Jimmy Wang Yang and Kaz Hayashi. Yeah, and we all know Jimmy, don't we, Dan? We do, yes. He was part of the Cruiserweight division in WWF. Yeah, and he had the, the cowboy gimmick, didn't he? And he was really quite popular in his time. I quite, I quite liked him. Did you like Jimmy Wang Yang? Uh, no, I wasn't a fan of the Cruiserweight division too much, to be honest. Oh, right. And what about uh, his partner, Kaz, ha- 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 Kaz Hayashi? 
Uh, he still wrestles and recently won tag titles with Tajiri in Japan, Sunday night. <laughs> so it's a, it's a small world, especially when you consider Jimmy Wang Yang made his debut as Tajiri's like, sidekick in the WWE as well. They're all kind of connected in a weird way, aren't they? Um, yeah, you know, and recently Tajiri was part of the CWC Cruiserweight exactly, Classic. Exactly, so he's still part of it now. And uh, the next team, Free Count, was an act that I love. It was a three-piece boy band whose main name was to dance and sing before wrestling, Dan. Wow, that's brilliant. And who were the members? Uh, the members were Gregory Helms, Shannon Moore, and Evan Courageous. Yeah, Evan Courageous. I mean, great name, isn't it, really? <laughs> uh, Evan had just been kicked out of the group, and he was teaming up with Jamie Noble, who we know as well, Dan. Ah, uh, yeah, Jamie Noble. He was part of, again, of the Cruiserweight division when it moved. Yeah, and interesting as well is that he feuded with... Uh, Gregory Helms or, you know, the hurricane as it was in WWE as well for the Cruiserweight title. So, all still connected. <coughs> so, WCW had this talent before WWE. Yeah, exactly. And this is maybe a match that we don't know about as well. Later day in WCW, after we've had like the Cruiserweights, you know, with Mysterio and people like this, we have a match involving six men who would go on. Well, Evan Courageous wouldn't and, like, say, Kazayashi. But everybody else would have a role to play in the WWE, you know? Like Shannon Moore with Little MF, wasn't he, with Matt Hardy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they all went on to have their not-so-memorable tenure with WWE. Yeah, I think out of all these six men in the ring, well, all the people that made it to WWE, who was the most successful out of them? Hurricane, yeah. I think he had a few a few good little stints, you know, with a shit. <laughs> what, to be own training? Yeah, Rosie. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had a few little gimmicks, but... Yeah, you know, well, he, he he beat The Rock, didn't he? Or he had a match with The Rock, The Rock called him Hamburg, didn't he? So he, he had all that, you know. Yeah. Jamie Noble, cruiserweight champion in his own right, had some success there. Uh, was part of WWE TV recently, wasn't he, when he was with Rollins, with um, him and Joey Oh, J&J Security. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long ago that for Yeah, it seems <laughs> ages ago. But, you know, they've had minor roles. It's not as if, you know, they... I know they contributed to matches, but it's not as if they was... You know, accredited with yeah. it as they was, as they should have been. You know, it was mainly in Seth's favor as opposed to anything for himself. Yeah, and they've started off in a normal tag match, and they can go get the ladders as well. So at this time, we had seen the the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys, you know, start bringing it through. We'd had the first TLC match, and this was WCW's response to it. This was a cruiserweight scene at the moment. You know, it's not working as well having it as a tag. It should be like a tornado. Yeah, it does break down. It is, it is a good match, trust me, but we are starting to slide up. Each of the build, but it is, it is nice to see Jamie Noble. Maybe people don't know that he was in WCW before WWE, you know? Well, um, yeah, and, you know, Gregory Helms as well. I mean, you wouldn't recognise him. No, Jimmy Wang Yang as well. Not somebody you'd say, oh, yeah, that's him, isn't it? And so all... I think they was concentrating more with the wrestling than as opposed to their actual gimmicks. Yeah, well, then again, I did like Free Count. I still think they're good. And the Young Dragons, as they were... But like you say, yeah, it wasn't really on top, was it? As we see, three count going for the titles. Now they was cut off by the Young Dragons. And now they're going to go for the titles now. And can you believe this is the last WCW Starcade as well, you know? It's, it's, it's unbelievable to think they just didn't carry on. That's how bad it became. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it off air, weren't we? Of the, the way WCW did so many things wrong. And it, it, WCW still should be around today, you know, with the competition, the way it was. Definitely, yeah. If they'd have played it right, it could have been so much different. But, you know, it 
Inevitably, it has to end. I know. What ifs and buts and noble and courageous stuck underneath the ladder and Kaz is going to go moonsault. Oh! Oh, that looks painful. Catches both of them. Yeah, now it's broken out. We see Jimmy Wang Yang, Shalomorny outside. Hell's working on Kaz. Puts the brakes on though. Stops himself from going into the ladder. Oh! <laughs> doesn't stop the truck toehold though and face first, he's eating that ladder. <laughs> noble sends Hell straight into it. Oh! <laughs> Fuck! You ain't supposed to fold like that. Face first and other thanks to Noble and Courageous. I think it was supposed to be a backdrop, but it kind of scorpioned it. <laughs> Face folded first, himself yeah. up, yeah. The lad is set up and Noble's going to go get it. Can he be number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship? What would his tag team partner think of this? Oh. Well... That's what his partner thinks of this. So he's just stopped him. He's like, yeah, I'm having this contract. Oh, he's <laughs> Agreed to disagree. And Noble again pulling courageous like, takes out the arguing tag team. Nice drop kick there. And he's setting up the ladder in a corner. No, that's not where the ladder goes. You ain't going to get the contract from there, my friend. <laughs> oh, Noble gets Irish whipped into force. And I think this might be the only second non-WWE ladder match that we've seen as well. It's good to see the difference, isn't it? <laughs> It is, yeah. Actually, just see the combination then. <laughs> Beautiful punch combination from Jimmy Wang Yang. Oh, catches him over his knee. Uh, catches Shannon Moore yeah. over his knee with a lovely knee drop to the midsection. <laughs> Fucking hell. Corkscrew moonsault off the ladder, hitting Shannon Moore with everything. and Oh, here comes Helms now trying to stop Jimmy Wang Yang getting the belt. Oh, here comes Hurricane. Oh, fucking hell, Wang Yang landed on his feet, but Hurricane flying, becoming a superhero before he's actual superhero, but fuck me, Shannon Moore just took out Courageous and Kaz, and Noble's climbing the ladder, reaching out, ah, oh, gets thrown outside onto the rest of the teammates, or well, the rest of the match, by Jimmy Wang Yang. <laughs> they all go down. Jimmy's setting up a ladder, but he's setting up another one, going from the top rope to the middle of the other ladder. Backdrop there by Courageous. And now he looks to climb the steel ladder. Yeah, yeah, guys. Sorted. Now Jimmy Kaz, Noble Courageous, Helms Moore. And the ladder's been set up on the other ladder. Courageous has climbed it. What's he going to do? Oh. oh. But Kaz goes for the cross bot, springboard crossbody on Courageous, who was quick enough to him and turn it round into a slam. Well, have you ever seen it? Like that? And Shannon Moore looks set to go flying. Oh. oh! Well, that's like a scissor kick to the back of Courageous's head. Now, springboard up through across the ladder. And, okay, no- Noble get up as well. That ladder is not in the best <laughs> position there, is it? Definitely not, no. Going up to get it straddled across the ladder. But Noble's walking the other ladder to meet him. And now this is a precarious position. <laughs> that ain't going to run well. What's Helm's going to go for? Oh! <laughs> swinging neck breaker off the top and... Noble looks in trouble. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, fair play to all six men as well. Most definitely. I mean, they've put on quite a performance. I think the uh, the tag element kind of went out the window very early on in this matchup, and they must have listened to what I said. Shannon Moore there taking out Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy is drop kicked back to the corner. Shannon Moore setting up a second ladder now. Do you think they actually watched the triangle ladder match? Yeah. And yeah. said, yeah, we want that, basically. Yeah, I think so, because Shannon Moore, uh, definitely from North Carolina, Gregory Helms near there, I think they're friendly with the heart. They wanted to um, do something special as well, and I think at the moment, they're not doing too badly, considering when they had no 
build up towards it as well, you know. And now it's the free count, Noble and Jimmy, all top ladder, top ladder tier. And a sunset flip power bomb there by Jamie Noble to uh, Gregory Helms, and it leaves Shannon Moore and <laughs> on top of the ladders, <laughs> dueling it out. And they've stepped over the their ladder and working their way down the other side. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, she's there she's checking on the young dragons getting in the ring now as Noble's climbing it. Oh, drags Noble off the ladder. This isn't allowed by the dominatrix. No. Shannon Moore taking out Jimmy and now Courageous is in there stopping it. Hey, what are you doing, man? Yo, man. What yeah. are you doing, man? Not man. Hey, Gail Kim, man. What's going on? And now four ladders in the ring now. Big ladder's been set up and what's Courageous going to do? Uh, is he going to do something Courageous? <laughs> <laughs> Climbing oh. up the ladder, but gets cut off by Jim. A huge uppercut. He might be out. Oh. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's a crazy tag manoeuvre there on Courageous by the Young Dragons. Taking Courageous out of the picture. Oh, that's what we need. Another ladder. That's it. Oh, my. What's going on here, then? Set the ladder up like a Vicano set. You've got four ladders now. Oh. Oh. They need to falling over, but... Moore and Helms saving it. Yeah, they threw Kaz in there. Then he broke the uh, structure. And <laughs> oh, how easy this time. So Jimmy goes head first into the ladder as well. Three count are going to get the uh, number one contendership. But which one? Oh, oh Jamie Noble stopping Shannon Moore. And Courageous back up, Courageously, to oh, stop Gregory Helms. Noble with a tombstone. Shout out to the Undertaker there. And Courageous with a boot to Helms. And Noble, is going to get it now? But I can see... Is that Kaz climbing up the side as well? Kaz is climbing up to meet Noble. Courageous is making his way out there as well. you just seen how flimsy it was. You wouldn't want to be climbing it after that, would you? Do you know I wouldn't want I mean? to be underneath it or climbing <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, look at Jimmy Wang Yang right now, right underneath it. Oh, <laughs> Kaz gets sent tumbling off the ladder structure. Front first as well. And now it just leaves Jimmy and Courageous. Oh, correction, that leaves just Jimmy because he's kicked Courageous off it. Well, that's quite a fair play. Courageous hit the top rope, bounced to the outside. And now Helm's up there to meet Jimmy. I mean, I must really want this title shot. And that ladder looks like it's going to break and buckle. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> it don't, I don't know why Shannon Moore's underneath it either. Oh, there we go. Oh, don't. <laughs> oh, Shannon Moore taking Jimmy off with a lovely head scissors takedown and flipping his own way up there. Well, fair play. Jamie Noble and Helms. And Noble is nowhere. <laughs> oh. And off the top, Noble flies hard and hits the canvas. And now... Both men having a face-off. Which one's going to get the contract? Oh, there Both. you go. Free count. Do it. So it's going to be a three-way match. <laughs> Which happens uh, the next night and Nitro and no one cared. But this match, Dan... That was a very interesting, exciting match. And a lot of things I've never seen before. And, yeah, it was brilliant from these six men. Yeah, and this is one of the good things about the network. You can go back and maybe see matches that have been forgotten about through time. Uh, great way to... That was the start of the pay-per-view as well. Great yeah. way to start the pay-per-view. <laughs> brilliant way. Uh, probably the best match on the card, one of the best matches in WWE. See, and sorry, can I just say that the CWC division need to take note of this match and the type of matches they could have. And like you say, it's time for what we've been all waiting for, the debut of 205 Live. One of the reasons we have looked back today is because without those cruiserweights, we wouldn't have since 205 Live, 29th of November, 2016.
It's a historic night for WWE. The unparalleled athleticism and high-octane offense of the Cruiserweights will be on display weekly, exclusively, on the WWE Network. Welcome to 205 Live. I'm Moro Ronaldo alongside the savior of misbehavior, Corey Graves, and the greatest man that ever lived, Austin Aries. What brings you here? What brings me here, Mauro? You can't have a historic event like 205 Live without some star power. And that's exactly what I am. I'm the star of the show. For now, I'm going to do it right here, providing my expertise at the commentary table. And so I decided to get in that ring, take the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, and make it great. So 205 Live, Dan, do you know much about it? Um, it's, uh, well, primarily focused on... The Cruiserweight says it's 205 pounds or under. And, and that's basically the title, yeah, 205. It's live as well. It's live after SmackDown on the WWE Network. So SmackDown goes out live as it does on Tuesday. Live, live, which is straight afterwards. And Talking Smack was after this one as well. And off the success of the CWC, they get their own program. And deservedly so, don't they, Dan? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it was a brilliant tournament. You know, we loved so many matches from it. I think the whole way it went... It was quite flawless, and yeah, I think they could have done with a better transaction into the WWE. You know, where some of them are finding their feet in WWE, some of them are NXT. You know, it's all over the place, really. Yeah, and I think this is one of the reasons the program got made. I don't know if it was in development before, but this is a chance now for have an hour of programming with the cruiserweights who are on Raw and build up the characters who they are, build up the stories, challenges. You know, as we're going to see tonight. On the first ever episode, we are going to see Brian Kendrick defending his Cruiserweight title against Rich Swan, would be an interesting main event. And as we've seen with the promo video as well, a lot of guys from DCWC and some guys that we haven't seen. But, I mean, just list a couple of guys that you've seen on the promo packaging or who you want to see uh, fight at 205 Live, Dan. You know? um, I want to see Nice, Perkins, Boshi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to see more of a Bushi. I mean, you know, well, like with me, so I want to see them. I want to see Noam Dar. I want to see Jack Gallagher involved as well. I, I'm Jack Gallagher, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Bollywood Boys, Lynch Dorado, Grand Metallic. Oh, we see him on the, the program and the well. Bollywood Boys. Yeah, and Davari, of course, as well. Tazawa. I mean, it, this should be a, a cracking hour of action. Could it rival NXT with its entertainment as well? You know, potentially. I mean. You know, with NXT, we found that they used to focus more on their wrestling than their storylines, and then their storylines have kind of started taking over a bit more. Yeah. You know, is this going to start the same way, have focus mainly on the wrestling, and then they'll have a few storylines added in and then a few more storylines, you know, so it turns into its own show. If it does, you know, go well, it could be a brilliant show. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And we see the commentary team. We've got Mauro Ranello, Austin Aries. And Corey Graves. Well, we know how good Austin Aries is on the mic and uh, wrestler he is as well. Does it make sense him being on the show? If he features, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. It's on commentary. Of course, we on the CWC, we had Daniel Bryan and Mauro Ronaldo. I like Corey Graves. Of course, we saw him on the ECW thing earlier. And of course, yeah, Cruiserweight talk tonight. Rich Swan, does he stand a chance against Brian Kendrick tonight? No. Be interested to see what happens. We see on the stage as well. The rest of that will compete, and I see you want to go through them. You've got Dan. Rich Swan, TJ Perkins. Two guys already who know how <laughs> talented they are. Next up, you've got Jack Gallagher, right. a man who could rival Sheamus. In... That'd uh, be a good tag team, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I just hope he features uh, in the action. I mean, love it. Of course, Ho-Ho Lun, hey. James's Iceland. My number three pick, of course, who could forget Ho-Ho Lun? The Bollywood Boys. <laughs> 
a tag team. Herve and Shav Gida. Yeah. We can pick them out. All the guys so far are guys that we know. Noam Dar. Hey. Tony Nice. My number two. Drew Gulak. <laughs> now, Drew Gulak reminds me, it's going to sound weird, Blinko-esque in his technical wrestling. He is a bit, yeah. Davari. <laughs> Because of the younger brother of the older Davari that we know. Cedric Alexander. We didn't mention him. We completely forgot yeah. about him. Well, he's been featured on NXT recently, isn't he? He's feuded with CN and stuff. Lin Strado! <laughs> he's got to be there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, yeah. the Spider-Man. Yeah. Akira Tozawa. How can we forget him? You know, he got through to the quarterfinal stages. Mustafa Ali. Yeah, we know all about him as What's well. What's And oh. Grand Metallic, 311 boy. Blah, blah, blah. 311 boy. Oh, <laughs> and the current champion Brian Boo Kendrick Boo. They don't need Aries and Manalo and, and Graves. They just need us to. That'll build excitement. <laughs> to it. I mean, that's the roster that is available for Two Hundred Five Live at the moment. And I mean, what talent we have there. We talked about them all. I, I just want to see some action now in the ring. So come on, let's get to it. Oh, and we see another promo video full of Bollywood boys. Dan, tell me about the Bollywood boys. I mean, we saw them on CWC, didn't we? Harv and Gerv Sida. Yep. Well, they're a tag team. They've been wrestling all over the place. Wrestled in India primarily. Obviously, you know, that's where they're from. Got quite a good talent. They're very entertaining in the ring. Uh, you know, they work really well together. Huge wrestling fans. Hold titles across numerous divisions. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on. They've met their idol, Bret Hart. Uh, the Jericho, like I say, Jericho, Bret Hart, people that influenced them. But would it be interesting, is an opportunity there maybe for a, a tag team cruiserweight title? Because we've got Bollywood boys, you know, maybe potentially Young Bucks coming in, other guys that can make teams. DIY would qualify <laughs> well, for that. Well, on that, on that note, surely most women are under £205. Yeah. So surely most women must qualify as cruiserweights, cruiserweight women division. It's interesting you mentioned women's. There, there is plans for the network to have a women's tournament on the WWE Network in the new year, like they did with the CWC. So we could see 32 uh, new getting introduced, which would be a, a new thing for that. That would be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, we'll just see what happens in the network. But I think a tag might work out well. We talked about six three-man tag belt as well. That would be quite cool, wouldn't it? Well, you know, I think it's going a bit over the top. Um, <clears throat> they need to establish their roots first, you know, just going for one main prize. And there may be a secondary prize. Yeah, well, you know... I think that would probably be like a light heavyweight championship or something. Or a TV title. Could be potentially won by people over 205 as well, though. I suppose so. But one thing I do like about 205 already... Hence why the light heavyweight title would be better. Hang on a minute, Dan. It's not about you. All right. Uh, The thing I like about about 205 Live is we've seen the the promo with Bollywood Boys. Both of them, we've heard about them. We know a lot more about their story, so we care about them in a certain way as well, don't we, Dan? We do, yeah. You know, we see what they had to go through to get their opportunity. And, you know, the big hit that they had to be in their primary show to get this. Yeah. You know, it's it's basically like that was the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it received such a big reception that they've got 205 Live. They've got their own division. You know, it has gone up and up. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to see the Bollywood Boys <coughs> in action tonight. Of course, they've got the purple ropes as well. But bigger arena, even though the lights are dimmed, and I've seen a few tweets already now that are saying that a lot of people left after SmackDown. I mean, that's not too much surprise, is it? I mean, because SmackDown's a two-hour show. If you've got anything before that as well, you've got well, to take some the, young kids they home, had the NXT before SmackDown yeah. as well, didn't they? So, you know, with certain things happening. Uh, they are cancelling WWE superstars 
on the network because they're going to cancel that, do main events still and have 205 Live. They're going to focus on that as be a part of SmackDown. So when we go to see SmackDown, we should see 205 Live. And it is Tony Nese and Drew Gulak teaming up to take on the Bollywood boys. Who are you going for in this one, Dan? Um, I'm going for Nice and Gulak. Yeah. I think Nice is a really powerful competitor. We've seen these two team up as well against No Way Jose and Rich Swan <laughs> in a bloody good match. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, you know, Rich Swan's going on to face Brian Kendrick later on. Interesting matchup. I think the crowd's going to be on Rich Swan's side. Yes, yeah, most definitely, yeah, yeah. But the Bollywood boys are certainly entertaining, but I'm going for the power of Tony Nice to overcome this really well-accomplished tag team, which are working really well together. Yeah, I mean, Bollywood, Bollywood boys are just going to lay down the team up, of course, been, been together forever, and they're just trying to work down Tony Nice, aren't they? So, James, keys to victory? Uh, well, exactly. Part of that would be Bollywood boys getting one of their opponents, taking them in the corner, and with Tony Nice and Drew Gulak, separating the Bollywood boys, making sure they don't team up, you know, because one is a tag team. We have seen Nice and Gulak together, but I think I'm more impressed with, I do like Gulak as well, but as he comes in now, with the technicals, the side of him, we haven't, as he gets on drag straight away, but I like the technical aspect of Gulak. It's something a little bit different in the cruiserweight division. Uh, and I think he's more suited to the Raw style that they want their cruiserweights at at the moment, aren't they? Is he your favourite of the two? No, I do like Nice. I think Nice has got a lot of potential. I think the build of him as well. He's got a lot of fucking yeah. power. Well, the most powerful uh, cruiserweight yeah. wrestler. I, I agree with that as well. And I think he's going to be champion. And Yeah, his agility as well. He's really, really good. I want to know more about him, of course. But I think this is well the programme that we can. I mean, at the moment... We're focused on the Bollywood boys, but uh, Nice and Gulak have taken over. So who are you backing in this match? Uh, Bollywood boys, because of the... It's got to be, isn't it? <laughs> we focused on them. Babyface team getting worn down. Gerv is the one getting worn down. And Harv on the outside. Nice wearing him down now. He's trying to get some separation down. Trying to get the tag in. He is to his brother. But Nice just too much power. Managing to drag his opponent to the ring and to the corner. And tagging Gulak. I mean, these two are working really well together. Seeing as though they're not an accomplished tag team. Yeah, very well. I mean, slow down action. Do you think um, with the cruiserweights, some people might be surprised of uh, how normal it's been in the early going? This be mistaken for a standard tag match. Yeah. If it's the kickoff match, the first match on 205 Live, I don't think. You know, I think it'd need quite a high-profile match with a couple of good high spots. Uh, are you, what are you expecting the main event tonight? Do you think it will be a, a high-flying match? I think Swan's going to attempt to make it a high-flyer match, but Brian Kendrick's going to do all he can to keep Swan grounded. Can he get the tag? He's been worked on, hasn't he? He has indeed. His niece is displaying his power, making quite an impressive team up these two, Nice and Gulak. Yes, they it's are. It's not the they, first yeah. time they've been together. Uh, and Oh, what a net break then by half. Can he get the tag? He can. Double axe handle off the top and a couple of big chops there. Woo! Girls on fire coming in, isn't he? He certainly is. But like you say, he needs to do that working well together. The Styles match. They certainly do, yeah. Both quite strong cruiserweights. But Herb dealing with it at the moment. Oh, <laughs> very innovative there. It is. And gets the, oh, two count there on Tony Nice. Two. Nah, Herb there off the top. Big diving cross body. Oh, but Gulak in to save his partner and his friend. Friend. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> oh. Gulag scooped to the middle, uh, to the outside. Low bridge there. Half. Oh, oh, springboard cross body there to Gulag, taking him out. Beautiful move there. Well, and Gerv looks to join them on the outside. Is he going to go flying? Ooh. Oh. 
But Nice cuts him off. Uh, nice has got the power there. The big clothesline. Can he get it? No. Kick out. Oh. Gerv in trouble now. Take it to the corner of Nice and Gulak. Like I say, making a very good team. Styles match up well, didn't they? They do indeed, yes. Both strong hard hitters. Oh, but a meeting of the minds between the two as Gerv shoves Gulak into Nice. A lovely DDT. Gets a tag to his brother. Oh, here oh. we go. Bang. Dual sweet chin music there. Two. Three. Yes. And Gerv uh, Harv gets the pin on Gulak. And the Bollywood boys dance their way to victory. They do indeed. And um, what do you think of the the finish of that match and the, the match itself? I thought that was brilliant of it. It was a cushy tag team match. You had a couple of hot tags in there. A lovely couple of tag team manoeuvres as well. Both teams work really well together. Obviously, they're brothers, so they're going to. But, you know, Gulak and Nice, watch this space. I reckon they're going to be together for a little while. Yeah, and we saw the promo really before it, building them up. They get the victory here tonight. Is it interesting that Gulak took the pin as opposed to Nice? I I, I think it is. I, I spotted that when he actually took the pin for that. You know, it's the saving the stronger Nice. can see the difference in definition of them. Yeah. Still not quite sure what style of wrestling the Bollywood boys bring to it. No, exactly. It's, it's an interesting thing where they're the only real tag team involved in it, aren't they? You know? They are, yeah. But, you know, they've shown that they can work on their own as well. I mean, they didn't win their matches, but they're good. You know, they, they work well together. Yeah, and they do. And but I think they might be better served in NXT. Because, like I say, with the tag teams there, maybe getting involved in a, a rivalry with maybe someone. It may made me more sense, you know, with the Bollywood boys. But we'll, we'll see what happens. They might need a little bit of break from single action as well, of course. As we see next, a highlight package of, uh, well, he's going to be a WWE legend, really, isn't he? I mean, there's no doubt about it in my mind. He's going to be one of the great racists in WWE alongside Hulk Hogan. Now, WWE had a lot of fucking good racists in their time, but I think Noam Dar can really get up there, like, top three, man. We know all about Noam Dar. You know, he's got that cocky look on his face, but you've got to remember he's still so young as well. You know, 23 years old. Of course, from Scotland. We've seen him in the CWC. Did he get to the final? He did not get to the final. Did my number one and number two get to the final? He did, but I would say that Noam Dar has a brighter future than your number one or number two. We'll see what happens, of course. Well, of course. I think they've booked Perkins completely wrong. Yeah, oh, without a doubt about that. Tell me about it, Dan. Go on, testify. I, I just think, you know, even... Down to his entrance theme, it's just made of a complete joke. And I think that's, you know, if they brought in the TJ Perkins that was going through the CWC Classic completely dominating, then yeah. sorry. Yeah, they've cut his balls off. Let's they be have. blunt about it. Everyone, yeah, they? yeah, they're basically they've neutered him. Yeah. And now Kendrick's kind of taken over the cruiserweight scene. Is that the way they want to go? I mean, of course, we see it in the main event tonight, Rich Swan versus Kendrick. But we, you know, like you're saying, with Kendrick... If they're going to go that way now, they're just going to feed him babyface as well and Perkins might not get back in the Kendrick's, picture. Kendrick's, I don't know, like a panto villain heel. And Rich one's a comedy face. We've seen his serious side in flashes, but, you know, he's, I still push him as a joke. Well, we'll see what they try and do with Swan. You know, it'll be interesting to see. But at the moment, Kendrick getting an interview backstage, serious as ever. But like you say, he does look like he could play Captain Hook this year. <laughs> Especially with his finisher, which is the Fisherman's Hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and TJ Perk, speaking of devil, not strongest on the mic, but what do you think about that, Dan? 
Which made him out the joke, I think. Well, Perkins said to Kendrick, he said he wishes him luck tonight because, of course, he owe, he's owed a rematch, but if Swan wins, Perkins won't get one. He said he's going to hunt him down. A bit uh, weak on the mic, as I said, but it, it's the wrong choice for Perkins, isn't it? He's, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, with the Kendrick, and we see also Grand Metallic, 311 boy, Dan. 311, bleh, bleh, bleh. He will be coming soon. And Austin Aries, Corey Graves, Mario Ronaldo, they've been quite good this opening 20 minutes, haven't they? Austin Aries, would you rather see him in the ring or on the mic? I think the only reason he's on the mic is because he can't be in the ring. Of course, he had the injury, didn't he? So I think he's taking a little bit of a time off to recover. A bit like CM Punk did a couple of um, years ago, didn't he, when he was injured? Yeah. And next match, who is it, Dan? It is Davari, and he is going against... Extraordinary gentleman indeed. Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Well, business is just about to pick up, ladies and gentlemen. And it's his debut on 205 Live, and it is great to see him, Dan, isn't it? It is brilliant to see him. I mean, we we loved his wrestling style and his ability. It's typical English style, you know, and he'd make a good tag team partner for Sheamus. (laughs) He was very exciting to watch. Yeah, no, brilliant throwback. To the world of sport days, like say in England, they even show my dad Gallagher's match, how good he was, uh, and what he could do in the ring. And I think many people will be surprised by him in WWE if they haven't seen him before. You know, people yeah. in the crowd might not expect much, but we're going to get a little treat here. Devara, of course, the younger brother of um, old Devara. Devara hung around with Cat Angle. Yeah. And we'll see, it's going to be a technical match in the early going. Oh, this is brilliant. I love Try Five Live. <laughs> No, I'm dark coming. We've got Gallagher in the ring. Grand Metallic. Yeah. Cruiserweight title on the line later tonight. Is um, he a heel or is he a face? He's a face. Look at him working away. He's a gentleman. The Gallagher that we loved. He's just... <laughs> he makes it look so easy. It's like look, he's barely breaking a sweat. His moustache is still in perfect alignment. But Davari can do technical as well. Don't forget about Davari. Who? He's been trained, of course, comes from Iran as well. <laughs> being worn down to sleep about. Oh, <laughs> such elegance. There we go. A walking handstand escape from a headlock. And that's what Jack Gallagher can do. And <laughs> stand in the corner. <laughs> Davari goes charging in and he just drops the foot to Davari. He can't do anything. Whoop. Hey, and Davari dives in. Gallagher flips over him. Oh, my dad popped big for that move. He was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Damn, that's your fucking pucky. Unbelievable, yeah. Try to stop your midstream. What did he do? Oh, I just completely forgot. What was it? <laughs> it was like a wheelbarrow. It was a flip leg whip, wasn't it? It was A flip leg whip. Thank I've never seen before, man. And he's got the leg. He's wrapped it around the hand. Are we going to see present Davari? Yep. Tying up Davari. <laughs> <laughs> Davari getting tied up. Even the crowd loves it. Winding up the leg, ready for the punt <laughs> up the backside. Oh, he's taking a run up. There we go. Winding oh. up his target. Oh, no, there we go. Boom! <laughs> that was straight in his third eye. <laughs> Jack Gallagher's going to need his boots polished after that. Oh, but Davari not happy and throws Gallagher to the outside. This way he takes over. Bang! Drops a knee to the back of Gentleman Jack. Right, Jack, how's your back? Yeah. Is it red like your head? <laughs> but you can't keep Jack down. Wearing down Gallagher. Look at the vicious of strikes. But you can't keep a good Gallagher down, man. Oh, and <laughs> Davari hit Gallagher with a forearm. 
But Gallagher responded with a headbutt to the chest, sending both men stumbling backwards. And Gallagher with a Brian-like feet to the face of Davari. Well, and that might have knocked him out. It yes, did. Jack Gallagher! One more for the good guys. Well, fair play, Jack Gallagher. What do you think? What do you think the debut? What do you think the match, Dan? Loved it. Yep. It um, was CWC <laughs> all over. I mean, it it wasn't anything like the garbage they've been showing on Raw. No, it's it's something completely different. And, and Gallagher's vicious in his strikes as well. See the headbutt and the finish Definitely, there. Well, the finish, very Brian-esque. Loved it. And, yeah, it was, you know, for someone as technical as Jack Gallagher to finish it off with a couple of feet to the face... It'd be interesting to see what happens with Gallagher. Will he go on to Raw and wrestle there? Will he stay on 205? We don't. We just don't know, Dan. We just don't know. Oh, and we see a promo video for... Linsterado! <laughs> we see him wrestling throughout the independence, and we know how good he is. We've seen him in the CWC. We look forward to seeing him soon. Yeah, we've seen him on Raw as well. He will be coming to 205. Live. What do you think of the videos we've seen for the talent building people up? Grand Metallic, Nam Dar, Lince Dorado. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's giving an insight into what they can do, what they've been doing. Yeah, and of course, now it is main event time. It is now time for the main event. You do it better than me, and it is the Cruiserweight title on the champion defending against Rich Swan. And Rich Swan, we've seen him mainly with No Way Jose. You know, it's Giving him a good bit of elevation in NXT. I think it was perfect for him to be in NXT as well. You know, he gets a bit more exposure there. I think he's kind of overshadowed by New Day if he was up on the main roster. Yeah, I can see You know, it. no, you know what I mean? I like Joyous getting the crowd involved, yeah. dancing. But, you know, not because he's black. But I, No, but I think the reason why he's so damn entertaining that we've seen him on NXT and Raw as well is that I'm teaming they're going to do a little video package now for Rich Sean as well. You know, he's talked about his heartbreak that he's had. You know, his dad died when he was 12 and 16 where his mum went. Ah, oh, bless him. Yeah, and his middle name, Dan? He's lucky, lucky. ironically. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, no, we've seen all the heartbreak. We've seen his parents die. He wants to come to WWE now and be the most entertaining. So you see him dancing, get the crowd involved. And I think Swan might have a chance tonight. Dan, what do you reckon? Well, back in... Kendrick. What are the keys to victory? I think Swan just needs to try and keep as much distance as he can between the two. Use his high-flying springboarding agility. Just take Brian Kendrick out as you know as well as he can and avoid the captain's hook at all costs. Yeah, I think Kendrick's going to really slow it down, isn't he? So this could be another slow cruiserweight match. But, I mean, Rich Swan, there's potential there. We, we've liked him a lot. Of course, only 25 years old going against a veteran in the... Uh, CWC, the oldest man, you know, Kendrick is. Oh, they're both shaking hands, sign of respect, as we saw from the CWC as well. Veteran and the youngster. Swans, like I said, got off to a quick start, hasn't he? Got off to a quick start with Perkins looking on at the back, I suppose, hoping Kendrick attains so he can get a title match. Oh, and Kendrick grabbing the arm early on, but Swan, not going to be overawed by this moment. I mean, it's obviously Rich Swan's biggest match of his career, isn't it, Dan? Oh, very... Athletic there by Rich Swan taking a 360 flip over Kendrick, landing on his feet. Yeah, but Kendrick had the leapfrog. Oh, but Kendrick there with a big boot to Swan, stopping his momentum from growing. And a big right arm followed up by just a mauling. Yeah, with a big chop there. And Swan now turns it into a, oh, tiger bomb. Oh, managing to hit it. Can he get himself in the corner for his 450 splash? 
Slice of bread. Oh. But Swan managing to roll out of it. and Oh, he's got him. Tied up. Ah, but Kendrick, very observant by the referee. Kendrick had his shoulder up. Yeah, that was nice by Swan. They're managing to reverse the, the finisher and get it into a pin. And Kendrick rolls to the outside. Invited by Kendrick, just getting his breath back, taking his time. He is. He's not used to the fast speeds that Rich Swan likes. Swan's going to join him on the outside, drop kicking him through the ropes. Oh, <laughs> jumping up to the side and a lovely front flip there, taking out Kendrick and landing on his feet. Rolling Kendrick inside to go for the pin, but only a two count there. Two. Great agility there by Rich Swan. <laughs> now both men trading blows. Yay, yeah, you no know, punches. Who's going to get the advantage in this one now? Well, it looks like Swan's getting an advantage. Goes for a spinning heel kick, but gets blocked by Kendrick, who delivers a nice back body drop. And he's going to get pinned. Oh, no, kick out. Oh. Kendrick can't keep Swan down. He's got... Oh, captain's hook locked in. Fisherman's hook. And Swan can't get to the ropes. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, that was nearly it then. He's going to get the... He didn't do the full extent of the count there, did he? No, he didn't. But then Kendrick didn't flip Swan over as he usually does with his neck takedown. But you can see that submission can be put on out of nowhere. And Swan trying to get to his feet now. Kendrick wondering, what's going to put him down? What's going to put him down? Trying to get him hooked up in some kind of back suplex. Oh, full Nelson there, but Swan managing to flip out and delivers a brutal backdrop. He did. And Kendrick... Folding half like an accordion there, didn't he? Cool, I think he'd need himself in the forehead. <laughs> and Rich stops. Uh, and Rich Swan staying in this one at the moment. If anything, building a bit more momentum. Can he feel it now? Looking a bit worse for wear. Swan stalking him. Oh, gets sent to the outside by Kendrick, but lands on his feet on the edge of the apron. And now both men in a precarious position. Yeah, either side of the ring post now. And is Swan going to try and pick Kendrick up? No, you no, you can't. It's Swan looking to suplex Kendrick outside the ring. Oh, but Kendrick grabbing hold of Swan's leg, trying to block the manoeuvre attempt. Oh, Kendrick's trying to fight his way out. Oh, oh. fucking hell. A whiplash move over the turnbuckle there, and God, that looks fucking sore. And is that the tide turned now in Brian Kendrick's favour, especially when we consider his submission? Most definitely, yeah. I think Swan is in big trouble here. And Kendrick is just going to be the sensible man, the sensible champion. Just get a count out victory. He doesn't have to pin him, does he? Big shout out to James's man, Ty Dillinger. Uh, we're up to eight now. No, it's ten. <laughs> it's nine and Swan's out. Oh. oh, gets in at the last second. What does this mean for Kendrick? I mean, he can smell the end being near. Ooh. Oh, snap suplex. We've got him on the float over as well, but kick out. Oh. Swan is still in this one. It'll be showing another replay, and that's going to cause some serious damage there to Rich Swan. Oh. Well, it's a full Nelson slam you saw earlier, but he hit it this time. Swan managing to kick out. Oh, but Kendrick rolling through to get the fisherman's hook. And you can see Swan there grabbing the hands, trying to stop it, and Kendrick turning it into another submission now. And that was smart there. He realised he couldn't get one in, so he tried the other. He's wrapping the hands around Swan's neck now. Cutting off the circulation there by his own arms. I mean, ingenious there by Kendrick. And we see the injury as well that Swan had on the ring post. So that's got to be playing with him in the middle of the ring now. Is there anywhere to go? Oh, picks up Kendrick. And oh! It's like a Mishinoku driver. Oh, no, but I think Kendrick's body was moving anyway. He managed 
to make it easier when he got the uh, shoulder up. It was, yeah, and he managed to turn himself over to avoid getting pinned further. But I think Kendrick realised then how close he was to losing it, and you can see the... Uh, <laughs> he's yeah, not really with it. his mouth's busted open. I think he might have internal bleeding, if I'm honest. And can Swan get up and get it, make advantage of this? Take advantage of this. Make advantage, take advantage, and he needs to get an advantage. He needs to do something in this match now. Swan's been worn down. Not got left lot left in the tank. Oh, but he has got a big kick to Kendrick's head. <laughs> that nearly took Kendrick's head off his shoulders. This could be it. Come on, Swan, let's see the bouncy. Go on, son. Oh, oh, but Kendrick gets the knees up. Oh, not like this. He's got it. Oh. Fisherman's Fisherman's submission. He's got Kendrick's got submission in now. Middle of the ring. Swan can't go anywhere at the moment. Retching it back. He is, but fair play to Rich Swan. Eh? He's fought hard in this match. As he desperately seeks to get He's to the bottom He's still trying rope. to fight out. Gets to the purple rope there. And he does manage to get just his fingertips to the bottom rope, but Kendrick's still not letting go. Oh. Swan trying to get a bit of separation, trying to throw Kendrick to the outside, but he hangs on, on the edge of the apron. Cool, big right hand there by Rich Swan. Rocking Kendrick. <laughs> and he's still got it in him, Swan, to climb to the second rope now. Try to pick Kendrick back in. This could be a mistake, though. It most definitely could be. But then again, it could be a beautifully worked plan. Uh-oh. Kendrick fighting him out of it. Slice of bread. Oh, my God. God, off the top rope, Kendrick. There you go. Oh, but Swan managing to kick out. Uh, and I don't think I've seen the man kick out of slice of bread number two from the ground, let alone from the top. Wow, he's certainly got resilience about him. He's got a big heart that just won't quit. And this is the type of character we like. He'll be beaten down, but he will not give up. Well, heart, like I said, determination as well. Throughout this match, Swan has gone up a lot in my estimation. Yeah, and you think about his child as well, what he had to deal with, and now he's in this match right now. He knows what hardship is. He knows how to fight through. Swan, Swan delivering a lovely spinning heel kick, and again. Fucking hell. Just completely rocking Kendrick. He's getting fired up, and a third. And Swan going for the One, cover. two, three. <laughs> A new CWC champion, Rich Swan. <laughs> new cruiserweight champion indeed, Rich Swan. And Dan, you didn't see that coming, did you? I certainly didn't see that coming. And uh, go, Rich. Well, what a moment it is for Rich Swan. Like we said, everything he's fought for to get here finally reached the top of the cruiserweight mountain on the first edition of Two Hundred Five Live. What a moment for Rich Swan! Look at the emotion. It means something to him. Third champion in as many months. Yeah, I mean, what do you think of that match, Dan? Uh, well, as I was saying before Swan rudely interrupted me in winning, by winning, <laughs> that Swan had gone, a lot, gone up a lot in my estimations after this match. I mean, you know, the tenacity that he put into it, the finish as well with the three brutal spinning heel kicks was just lovely. And yeah, well-deserved Swan. Yeah, I mean, what do you think the fallout is for the Cruiserweight division and now Perkins doesn't get his rematch, does he? So, I mean, what direction do they go now? <laughs> they could go in numerous directions, to be honest. And if the match is anything like this, all for it. Yeah, I'm getting interviewed. And he's been told he is a new Cruiserweight champion. What does it feel like? And you deserve it, Chance, by the SmackDown crowd as well. 
fair play to the young man. 25 years old. So he dedicates this victory to his mum. She's looking down on him and very proud of Dan. And what an emotional moment that is. You know, and after this match, he certainly went up a lot in my estimations and fair play to the man yeah. for winning it. It's a nice match and it's a nice moment at the end as well. We see Kendrick. Kendrick saying he was robbed. But 205 Live, Dan, quickly, what did you think of the, the first show? I thought it was brilliant. Um, you know, how long was on for an hour? Yep, an hour, yeah, 15 minutes. Felt like two. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was brilliant. An hour <clears throat> an hour long episode to, to show three, four matches. Perfect time for storytelling. You know, showing a better side to the cruiserweights that we've seen since the... Um, yeah, perfect place for him to be. Yeah, and uh, that is it for the first episode of 205 Live. And we move on to the second episode right now. So it is episode two of 205 Live, the 6th of December 2016. And we see a video package showing the highlights of last week's main event. Dan, what you, a week on from the uh, epic main event of 205 Live. I know, I'm still reeling from the shock that Rich Swan claimed the title as his own and beat Brian Kendrick. No, I mean, it was shocking, wasn't it? And uh, what what a good match it was. You know, it didn't stay down to the normal cruiserweight pace. We we have Swan kept it up, didn't he? And got the job done in the end. He did, and that was one of his keys to victory. It really was. And uh, tonight, on the second episode of 205 Live, we are going to have the rematch for the cruiserweight title. We will be Rich Swan, the champion this time, defending against Brian Kendrick. So another huge match to um, another huge main event for 205 isn't it Dan? yeah brilliant i hope it can keep up the pace to be honest but we we're kicking off with noam dar the scottish supernova yes he is indeed the young man from uh, scotland obviously i've talked about him a lot we saw the uh, promo package for him uh, last week and you know he's going to be in action here tonight his debut backstage we see a uh, fox with cedric i mean are they an item now then dan Oh, maybe. We see a nice little kiss between the two there. Cedric comes out. We've seen Cedric Alexander before. We've seen him, haven't we, Dad? It was quite impressive with him, yeah. Yeah, he's been on CWC Raw, hasn't he? NXT. He has, yeah. He's been through the shows, trying to find his feet, and hopefully he can find what he's looking for in the 205 Live. Yeah, I mean, maybe the feud with CN won't continue then, because he's the one who turned him heel, wasn't it? He was, yes. Well, you know, they've obviously got different plans for Cedric Alexander. Oh, yeah. A place he's more suited to. Well, not only that, but Alicia Fox involved now, if that's his girlfriend, as it were. So they're moving on with that. There was no mention of that in NXT, was there? Or all the CWC? No, no, not at all. But we'll see what the match is tonight. Like I said, awesome in the CWC as well. Had a great match with um, Kota Ibushi, didn't he? Yeah, brilliant match. Uh, Kota Ibushi obviously overcome him. Yeah, he was yeah. great. But it was, it was one of the, the match of the years, and now uh, Dar. He made it until Zack Sabre Jr. eliminated him. But I'm expecting a lot tonight. And it's a good way to start 205 live, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, you know, we had quite a high-intensity match to start off last week. Yeah, I mean, last week's a Bollywood Boys versus Nisan Gula. Yeah, but I'm expecting more from this one because I know how talented both men are in the ring, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I would say, no, I'm dying. He's 23 years old, but he's so technical beyond his years as well. He's got a traditional British style with him, hasn't he? He has, uh, you know, a style that we saw really well in Jack Gallagher. Uh, yeah, I, but I think with Nadar, a little bit more, I don't know, a bit more, I don't know, I like Jack Gallagher, I like his style, but Nadar, I think he could do a little bit more in the way of, 
the normal American independence, if you know what I mean. You know, like, uh, he reminds me of like a Daniel Bryan type wrestler. <laughs> Not the quality as such, but the way what they do. Seth Rollins, those type of people that come through Ring of Honor and be trained through like that, as opposed to the British style that other people can bring. You don't see that in... Um, I mean, Cedric, <coughs> Cedric Alexander, of course, came through the Ring of Honor and, and places like this. That's where I he think it's up. a bit early going to say I see shades of Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins in him. No, no, no. What I'm trying to, sorry, what I'm trying to explain to you is the kind of way he can wrestle. The, the ability he's got. I mean, you might yeah. not see Naam Dahl that much, but what he can do in the ring as well, he's not just a technical guy. He can turn up. I mean, God's sake, we've seen him live, haven't we? We know what he can do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. When, he, when he's re- that type of wrestler and that type of way up through the roster, I think WWE see him. And I think, I think WWE will use him. You don't get a promo video. You don't get your first match here if they don't want to continue, you know? Oh, I know that. Yeah, I know. They was, <laughs> they was quite happy with promo videos. I know they've got no prior action to show so it's the only video packages they could actually deliver um but yeah you know they're they're introducing them all well we sort of know some of their backstories going through the cruiserweight classic so yeah it's you know good to see that they finally found somewhere to go with them yeah i mean all credit to alexander i mean he's got great agility himself hasn't he oh definitely yeah as he cedric knocks Noam Dar out the uh, ring and he's gonna go flying <laughs> oh and Noam Dar cowers behind the apron but Alexander spotted it and flies through feet first takes out Dar so you can see Dari's trying to be slightly heelish yeah I mean I don't mind that you know the kind of cocky heel or whatever you know that kind of Ms. Regal type if you know (laughs) of like being scared about it you know well, can't he just be like Noam Dar, the hill? Well, no, because this is why. In wrestling, you get certain characters who follow that thing. It's like the, un- the underdog babyface, isn't it? Would be known maybe as Daniel Bryan, but Rey Mysterio did that as well. That type they do. Yeah. You know, the cocky hill, as it, you know, uh, the, the Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens type hill now, of always getting defended it and giving it the mouth as well. It's that, that type of thing for wrestling. We always have those characters, you know. And I think with Noam Dar, they might go that way with him. I think with Cedric, he's going to be staying as a babyface. But I don't know about Alexander. I mean, what you're, what's your making of him in the early game? Um, Athletically gifted. You know, it's been kept quite quiet by Noam Dar throughout most of this match. I mean, you know, he's kept the match grounded, mainly attacking, not, you know, not getting his feet off the ground. Do you think uh, there's too much similarities between maybe Cedric Alexander and Rich One? I don't know. Cedric Alexander seems more of a down-to-earth kind of character where Rich One is... A more happy-go-lucky type. Yeah, I suppose so. But at least two men in the ring with potential. I mean, who do you think is going to make it, you know, in the foreseeable future? I think they've both got potential. You know, they'd both be worthy of a title shot. But now, Dahl with vicious uppercuts and just wearing Cedric Alexander down. Alicia Fox can't save you now. Any offence in this at the moment. Now, Dahl beating him down. Anything Alexander times, any time Alexander tries to make a comeback. Gets cut off, doesn't he? And Alexander kicks Nam down the back of the head. Now goes flying off the top as well. Can't get it though. Kick oh, out by Dar. Uh. Cedric Alexander there like a young macho man flying off the top rope with an elbow. Was it an elbow hit? I thought it was diving crossbody. It was a diving crossbody. Yeah, it was. It was the elbow before which made the big impact uh. that we saw there on the replay. We saw the thud of the elbow. But can Cedric, whilst he's got the advantage, take Noam Dar down? Oh, Noam Dar with a cheeky little roll-up though. Getting a close two count there. Two. Alexander responds with a spinning heel kick straight to the midsection. Oh! And Alexander going for the hands. 
the flip, like hand flip elbow, springboard thing, and Noam Dar cutting him off, taking his hands out from underneath him and working on the armbar now. Yeah, hell of a kick, and like you say, he got him in the middle of the ring. Will Alexander tap out? It looks like he's in pain. Good reversal by Noam Dar Well, Dar's been working on that arm throughout most of the match. Oh, Noam Dar there, trying to bring him back in and just, like you say, working on that arm now. And Alexander in the corner now. Noam Dar comes running in, but Alexander gets his feet up. Ooh. Takes out down. Dar in his tracks. Is he going to go flying? Take this show on the road. We've not seen much from the top rope. No, we haven't seen Alexander leave his feet as much. Ooh. Ooh, split leg moonsault there, but Dar dodges it and throws him into the ring ring post. And, oh, look at that. That's his little pose. That is Dan. Look, little Noam Dar's pose. Really? Here we go. Oh, what a thunderous kick that was. Alexander's down. Alexander is out. And Noam Dar there took Alexander out. Good match, Dan. It was quite a good match, yeah. You know, really well worked between the two. I don't think Alexander stood much of a chance throughout the majority of the match. I mean, he had a couple of little spots, but it was mainly Noam Dar working on the arm. And eventually, Alexander succumbing to the big boot to the face. Yeah, Alexander's on a bit of a losing streak at the moment, whereas Dar makes his debut, gets his first victory. Now impressive to see now Dar, we see some of the action. See replay of that elbow. <laughs> but a good opening to 205 better than last week's. Yeah, it was marginal. I mean, it was a good tag match last week. Don't get me wrong, you know. Classic tag match, but I don't know. This, this was a bit low pace for my liking, though. You know, it was a bit map-based. I like to see a little bit of high-flying if it's cruiserweights involved. I don't yeah. want to stereotype cruiserweights for only being high-flying. And, you know, they've got to show that they can do map work as well. But even heavyweights go off the ru- top rope more times than this. And it's a good way to start with like a 12-minute match as well. I mean, fair play to him. Dar's being asked what his thoughts are, and Dan? Well, he's cocky on the mic after the match, saying he's young and just signed a big money contract with the WWE. Yeah, then mocked, uh, he mocked Swan and Cedric by dedicating his victory. He said, I'm going to dedicate to a very special woman, Alicia Fox, Alexander's girlfriend. So not only is he a little dig at Swan last week for what he did about his mum, but Alexander and uh, smug looking. They're going that way with Dar. Like I say, I'll back him all the fucking way anyway. Uh, what was next, Dan? Uh, it was a promo video for Mustafa Ali. And do you remember him from uh, the CWC as well? He was... Yeah, I mean, he says he could do it all in the ring and the fans boo him regardless. But being just so you can only really expect like a hill roll for him. You know, that's the way WWE really yep. do tell him it. Yeah. Backstage, we see Swan. And he's had a busy couple of weeks last night on Raw. He went up against TJ Perkins. Yeah, and uh, Swan won pretty clean on Raw, but uh, I hope Perkins isn't a sore loser as we see him showing up talking to Swan. Perkins says you were more lucky. You were lucky last night. Swan says better to be lucky than good. But we talked about uh, Swan and Perkins on Raw. What else happened on Raw, Dan? Um, well, speaking of Raw, made his debut on the show last night, beating Davari again. And, uh, well, sore losers in Davari. He attacked... Jack Gallagher after the match and injured his leg, leading to this third match. Yeah, uh, we saw him last week at the 205, saw him last night, uh, last night at Raw. Is it good to see Jack Gallagher get his uh, Raw debut? It is good, and he, I think he got quite a good response. I mean, you know, the crowd, lukewarm to it. You know, they've not seen too much. They've seen a bit of the Cruiserweight division and that, but, you know, I think they deserve a bit of respect from the fans. They're certainly putting on a great show. Yeah, no, it was great to see him, and uh, he had a big social media response as well on Raw last night, because people hadn't seen anything like him, so they were saying, like, fucking hell, that's, that's mental, and uh, if it works out for him, that's great for Gallagher, because there is 
no one really like him at the moment. It's difficult to pinpoint him down and say he's like this. He's obviously building a feud with Davari now. Do you think that's right? Because at least you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, he's... I think there's too much buzz around the title picture to see him in there at the moment. But, you know, working his way through the card, having a couple of personal rivalries, building a bit of character to him. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, no, I, I like it as well. We see Davari targeting the left leg. Jack Gallagher, they're <laughs> working on Davari's leg. I mean, is he going to try and humiliate him by tying him up? I don't know if he'll be able to or not. With that leg injury, like we say, it was a pretty bad assault by Davari. And I don't know if Gallagher will manage to do some of the moves he can. But I think if he has his choice, he will just try and hurt Davari now. Well, I'm sure he can adapt to overcome. And as we see there, he couldn't get the arm. So, yeah, he just worked on the legs. And Davari going to slingshot Gallagher on the turnbuckle. And Jack Gallagher again doing a headstand and stopping Davari's onslaught. Boots Davari away as well. But he's favouring that left leg. The referee saying, go on, just be fair. And Gallagher is, like we say, the extraordinary gentleman. Oh. But he might have a drawn on that injury. I mean, you know, Davari knows exactly where to attack Jack. Well, it's not his back. <laughs> it's not his back. It's his leg and his knee. And Davari looking very vicious tonight. And it's good to see Davari get given a chance as opposed just to being a guy who's losing. Do you know what I mean? He'd... Yeah, you know, he's also developing a character alongside Jack Gallagher. You know, he's showing the heel. He <laughs> weakened up a body part for this future matchup. Quite an intelligent heel, learning from his brother. Yeah, and uh, his brother's got all the experience in the world as as well. And if you see the younger Davari just working down on Gallagher, and the crowd's going to start to know him as well. Like we said, last week was the first episode. Now you're going to start, people are going to start recognising who they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you go into it. Like when we first went to see uh, Rev Pro, you know, we didn't know who was who. We had to wait for a bit of the crowd response. And watching some, quite a new show as well, you don't, quite know the characters it's like watching any new tv series yeah exactly yeah and true. you know you start to see a bit about them their backstory it's like you're getting more of a insight to rich swan he's champion and that you know you know he's orphaned you know he's gone through a lot yeah. in his life he's had to overcome and you know hopefully eventually we see it for davari and jack gallagher yeah and we talk about davari he's going to town on that leg now used to get the ring post taking the knee strapping off his so you know like it Shows that Gallagher displays a, a lot of heart because he's stepping up to this match, you know, even though he's injured. Uh, he's a gentleman because, you know, if the referee asks for a clean break, he always gives a clean break, yeah. whereas Davari would always take that extra shot. Um, yeah, you know, so it's going to show that Gallagher's got a lot of heart. Yeah, and he has now as he fights out from Davari with the big uppercuts. But again, and all it took was that one big move to the leg, the chop block, and Davari's got Gallagher down again. Gallagher knows he's injured, doesn't he? I mean, he's well... Don't know how much more Jack can take of this beating. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's the kind of guy. He taps out, but he might. the referee might just have to call it if the leg's going to be damaged beyond repair. You don't want a serious injury for Jack Gallagher. A guy who debuted only two weeks ago on 205 Live. You don't have a long-term injury with this, you know. And Davari's just going to crush that knee down. You know, Gallagher, like we say, will fight through the pain, but we don't know how much... What I meant to say as well, we don't know how he is injured. He might think, yeah, it's a twinge or something like this. It could be something serious. I mean, a torn, uh, what is it, ACL in the knee? Exactly. Uh, yeah, he's going to be out for six to eight months. I mean, what did you have in your knee? I tore my ACL. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know what that's like. But he's got the power to fight out of this from Davari now. But one thing I will say about Jack Gallagher is there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, that's true. And he goes to get Davari, but Davari kicks out. 
Uh. He's got him again the crucifix, but only a one. It's in the backslide there. Jack Gallagher saying, you know, he can still step up to him with the brutal headbutt to the chest. We saw this last time on 2 5 Live. Oh. And it nearly puts the Valerie out in a close two count there. But even with the injury and the close two, we see Gallagher's moustache is still perfectly in place, which is very Oh, impressive. yeah. You need to find out what... <laughs> Products he uses, James. I need to ask him. I need to ask him. Part of the Moustache Club. And last week it was a headbutt followed by the big kick in the corner. And like you said, Daniel Bryan-esque kick in the corner. Gallagher was going to go for the big drop kick, but Davari just took his knee out. Frog splash off the top, a la Eddie Guerrero. And that's a free for Davari. Well, RVD and D'Lo Brown would be pleased with that move as well because Davari just got the pin with it, Dan. He did indeed, yes. And... But would he have won against the Jack Gallagher that's 100% James? Maybe that's why Davari injured him on Raw to get the victory. But very impressive from Davari. But this feud is just starting, isn't it? You can you can feel it. You can, yes. And I think, you know, Jack Gallagher's going to want a bit of retribution, even though he is still 2-1 up in the series. Yeah. But what did you think of the match quality, Dan? I thought it was good. Even though he was injured, I think Jack Gallagher gave it his all. And he's still put in a... A decent match lost. Exactly. I think it was a really good match. And uh, hopefully a few continues with Gallagher on the winning side. But up next was a promo video for... Linsterado! <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're going to be seeing him soon in action. That would be fun. And next it was main event time. And it is Cruiserweight title rematch. Swan, the current champion, going against the Brian Kendrick. And Perkins at ringside. Yeah, I mean, Perkins, do you want to comment? Do you think he could be involved in this match? I don't know. Who would he rather face? Well, maybe Perkins thinks Swan's a little bit easier. I don't know. Kendrick has had Perkins' number in recent times, hasn't he? Perkins yes. not playing the outright babyface on commentary either. Yeah, he's a bit surly. He's a bit, you know, unhappy. I suppose he's all right. I mean, he had it all, didn't he? The cruiserweight title and then well, all of a sudden. He, yeah, you know, he outperformed in the CWC tournament. He had a brilliant... You know, running it. But, yeah, it's kind of come to a halt. Not yeah. getting the response he was expected. Well, enough of the superstar yesterday, TJ Perkins. We're going to focus on the two men in the match now. It's Swan and Kendrick. And, I mean, we've seen it early going. Kendrick's going to slow it down. I mean, keys to victory again, down for these two men. Again, I think it's going to be the same as last time. Rich Swan needs to keep some separation between the two. Keep it high-flying. And Brian Kendrick needs to just... Stay out of the way, had them brutal kicks. Yeah. Don't you think they all deserve to be on a level playing field? I mean, you know, no one's really going into this thing with a distinct advantage. Maybe Brian Kendrick had a little bit of momentum behind him. Maybe Swan's got that behind him. But, you know, they're all cruiserweights. They're all a certain weight. So, you know, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe no you one's, like that, yeah. they should all be cast with the same dice. You know, they've only, in the tournament, they've only all lost one match. Yeah, so it would make sense then for someone to be given a cruiserweight title opportunity and then it would be like, yeah, the level playing ground, like you're saying. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Noam Dar, though. No, 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 no. But as we're, as we're, say we're spitballing ideas and stuff. Like, well, no, you know, Jack no, no, Gallagher, yeah. he deserves a shot as much as the next man. Davari. Davari, yeah, he's, he's impressive. And the match, though, back to this one. And Kendrick's been on the assault early going and he just hit his finisher on the outside, Dan, didn't he? He did, yes, but you know, was unable to get Swan back inside to deliver the free count. Well, I don't know if Kendrick wants to beat him. He's just, uh, he wants to pin him or just wear him down at the moment. He's just got the sleeper and he's just going to 
I think he might want to hurt someone. I mean, was Kendrick embarrassed last week, Dan? Uh, yeah, you know, well, he uh, Swan hit the kick out of nowhere. You know, caught Brian Kendrick completely unaware. He hit the slice of bread from the top, and Swan managed to kick out. You know, so uh. Kendrick's wondering what he's got to do to be able to put the man down. Yeah, and Kendrick's just hit the big uh, full Nelson suplex, and now he's got his finisher in now as well. Yeah, he's got the captain's hook locked in. And Swan's face just desperate to get to the ropes. And Rich Swan does want to be a one-week champion, does he? Now, like you say, these three men have been the only cruiserweight champions since uh, the new inception of it. As Kendrick just runs into a big super kick, but Swan can't take advantage because Kendrick goes to the outside. And Perkins said Swan was lucky last night. Will Swan be lucky again tonight? And Swan delivers a lovely somersault. Uh, no, is that like a corkscrew somersault off the second rope to the outside taking Brian Kendrick out and managing to throw him back inside can he get the pin full victory over his nemesis I don't know if he can or not can Swan take advantage will that get the job done he's trying to pick Kendrick up now he's going to go for his tiger bum oh hits it one two oh but a kick out by Kendrick Uh, and credit to Kendrick there Kendrick showing toughness in himself to kick out oh and Swan's got a bad neck. And, of course, he got injured last week with Kendrick on the ring post. He's had matches since then as well. It's Swan 100% as he looks like he's going to go for his bouncy. Oh, but Kendrick catching him, rolling up Swan. Oh, but a two count. Two. Oh, Swan trying to hit the big kick that he won last week with. Kendrick ducked. But Swan got him in a fucking slap. Screwdriver. And he's got him. Oh. But Kendrick managing to get his shoulder up. At the count of two. At the count of two. Ten. And Swan now trying to feel it, trying to finish it. Can he get the job done now? Oh, missed with one, but managed to hit the second time. Another tiger bomb. Oh, Kendrick, Kendrick rolls out. Sorry. Yeah, Kendrick reverses the tiger bomb and rolls out of it, but walks into a step up in Zaguri, and both men are down. And what an impactful kick that was by Rich Swan. Kendrick... Might be seeing stars right now, but Swan is still in serious trouble. Both men got to get to their feet. Captain. But Swan has got hold of that arm, trying to make sure he doesn't hook it in. Swan saying, no, he's fighting out of it. Come on, Swan. Kendrick again with a roll around. Now he's got it in. He's got it in. It's got it big. Middle of the ring now. Swan might have nowhere to go. Kendrick's going to be a two-time cruiserweight champion. No, he's not. Rich Swan's going to get out of this. No, nah, Swan's in trouble. Nowhere near the ropes. No, 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 no. Oh no, Kendrick again rolls through and now it's even worse. And Swan, like we say, might not tap out. He might just pass out. There is nothing you can do here. Kendrick with all of his might. And Swan rolls him up. Two. Oh. And Kendrick still managed to get his shoulder up and keep the submission in. in. Yeah, that's mental. Keep the submission in and Swan trying to get to the bottom rope and does somehow manage to escape it. But we see the spit and the saliva on the side of Swan's mouth. He might be spent here. But Kendrick, did he exert too much pressure on the move, maybe? Maybe he punched himself out on the way down. Exactly. You know, it's, I think Brian Kendrick's finally got his number. Still working on that neck of Swan, using the full five count there that the referee's given him. But Swan managing to counter it and take Kendrick to the outside. No, that was, like I was saying, Kendrick might be spent here with all the force. He had that captain's hook in. And Swan not looking best either. Both men on the eight for now. 
Who would you say is in worse shape at the moment? It'd be difficult. I think they both bad each other. Okay, uh, Swan's worse off. <laughs> just Big got boot to the face. We'll change it. And slice of bread number two on the outside, but Swan managing to counter it again. He does slams Kendrick into the ring post. Both men still delicately poised on the apron. Face first into the ring post by Kendrick to Swan. Well, Swan is <laughs> dazed and confused, I would say. Doesn't know what day of the week it is, but Kendrick can't... Oh, he's going to just try and stop the count or get some rest. He can't win it without pinning Swan. And they're just looking at Perkins as well, and Swan reverses and throws Kendrick into Perkins. Oh, my days. He's not going to be happy about getting involved. Any face-off. Kendrick wants to hit Perkins, but don't want the referee to stop the match. Well, this could be Kendrick's only opportunity. You know, this is his rematch clause now. Oh... Walks into that spinning heel kick that finished him off last time and free. Gets the job done tonight. Fucking hell. Was t- Perkins to blame for that though? Well, it might be. I mean, Perkins is going to say to Swan Knight, you owe that due to me, but Swan's not happy. Or, or Perkins not happy, is he? Well, I think out of the three of them, Kendrick's least happy, then Perkins and Swan's the most happy. Yeah, I think Swan's performances past couple of weeks has kind of put him in. That's position now of uh, being the lead face on 205 Live. I think he will. Well, you can't say it was a, a fluke win last time. No, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was last week. I don't think it's tonight. I think Swans beat Kendrick clean twice now. I think the purpose to see he'll turn or not. But another episode 205 coming to an end. What did you think of the match first, though? I thought it was a very good match. Um, you know, it was mainly dominated by Kendrick again and Swan finally getting the last word in but you know it's opening things up for TJ Perkins to be involved in this feud now what have you thought of this week's edition of 205 Live Dan yeah it was just as good as last week's you know there was always a lot of action going on and we see oh Kendrick flying for TJP oh now it's a brawl's broken out well Swan get involved well Kendrick's just been involved in a 20 minute match but he's getting the advantage over TJ Perkins he said that and here comes Swan now Swan making his way down. What's he going to do? Oh, and he goes on the attack of Brian Kendrick. Oh, <laughs> Kendrick ducks. TJP hits Swan in the head with a lovely super kick. And Kendrick disposes of Perkins. And he's left standing tall all alone. And yeah, Kendrick, last man standing. Perkins thrown to the barricade. Swan super kick. We talk about a triple threat. It looks like this, that's the sign of things to come, isn't it, really? Called it. You know, it's good to see these little storylines developing. Throughout it. And, you know, you got a couple of little tag teams working the way in there. It's nice to see a tag team on match or two between t- cruiserweights. Yeah, and we go straight to our third episode of the 205 Live now. So we are on the third episode of the CWC, December 13th. And we started off with the highlights of last week's main event between Swan and Kendrick. with Perk- Well, is that interesting you, this kind of mini feud they got on now? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's hopefully building up to something good. Yeah, I mean, it'd be quite interesting. And uh, we've been seeing the past couple of weeks as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's been announced since then on Raw that there's going to be a triple threat match at Roadblock for the title. That's Swan, Perkins and Brian Kendrick. Yeah, I mean, it should be quite good to that, I was saying. Yeah, yeah, it'd be very interesting to, you know, all three men have known what it's like to be CWC champions, so... It's a good match, yeah. Yeah, and tonight they've announced that the main event will be Swan versus Perkins, so that'll be interesting to see who can get the victory on the way to Roadblock. But the first match tonight, Dan? 
Uh, it is Drew Gulak against Jack Gallagher. Two big fans on, quite big fans of, we are Gallagher and Gulak. And what happened on Raw, Dan? On Raw, Jack interfered in Davari's match against Lince Dorado. Lince Dorado! Being a gentleman, he made a full entrance and announced his intentions first, handing Davari a disqualification win. But at the cost of a thorough thrashing in the form of a drop kick through the ropes, jolly good that. Yeah, I mean, surely, gentlemen, not many people will come out and say, I'm just about to uh, give you a thrashing. And he was a man of his word, and he did. But like we see, Gulak's a very technical wrestler, and so is Gallagher. They're quite well matched in, in this match, aren't they? The technical abilities of each man. Yep, yeah, and believe it or not, the man that Jack Gallagher is facing, Drew Gulak, he trained the current Cruiserweight champion. He trained Rich Swan. Yeah. That's interesting to know. Very interesting. But like we say, the technical ability of Gulak is very underrated. I think he's got quite a bright future, but Gallagher, you know, brings that kind of British style to it, and you can't really out-wrestle a a Brit, can you? (laughs) No, no, most definitely not. I think, you know, as far as wrestling goes and technical wrestling at that, you can't beat a Brit. Are you happy the way that um, the WWE handling Jack Gallagher since his debut? Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant response from the crowd. I mean, you know, they love his antics and just his character. I think it kind of sums up a, what Americans think a stereotypical Brit is. <laughs> yeah. You know, what what pale, pasty, ginger and have a moustache and, you know, just a gentleman. Yeah, and he's featured very heavily. Like I say, he's been on Raw the past couple of weeks. He's, he's just his third match on 205 with a feud with Davari. It is the secondary feud in 205 apart from the Cruiserweight title match. As we see in the early going with Gallagher and Gulak seem to be attached trying to go each other for the pin. And they won't be keeping their distance from each other in this one. And is uh, Gallagher going to roll up Gulak into a little uh, nice little Christmas present, Dan? Yeah, well, you know, he's. Uh, I like the way he follows it up as well with a punt straight to the third eye. Yeah, no, he, he does. And uh, it's what makes Gallagher different to everybody else. But this is the last 205 Live we're going to watch this year. We'll catch up a bit again in the new year with NXT update and we'll do like a 205 update and have a look at matches It's well. certainly been exciting and interesting and it brings a new light to wrestling as well. It's not just newbies coming into it like it would be NXT, you know, or certain faces, you know, can't just call them newbies. But, um, you know, it's a complete different turn of events. Um, you know, I'm not sure if they're overexposing them too much, you know, having the matches on Raw. I know it's, you know, not everyone has the network. Back to the match and Gulak has taken over with a big boot to Gallagher and got him down. But Gallagher doesn't seem to be hurt for too long, does he? You see him flipping out of that now. No, he's uh, he's always on the pulse, Jack Gallagher. You know, it's as soon as he can strike, he strikes. But Gulak there, overpowering Gallagher. I mean, Gulak's quite a big fella. We've seen him team up with Nice. Yeah, we have. And uh, like I said, he's got that aggressive side to him as well as he just whips Gallagher's neck open. And uh, like I say, with Gulak, he's a bit of an unknown at the moment, but I think he has got a, a future and he's got a bit of height on him as well. He's not too small, is he, for the kind of technical guy. Plus, it's nice seeing another style as opposed to, like you say, the cruise weights. We expect high flying. with these two guys, you know you're going to get... A grounded match. Yeah, grounded match and uh, quality wrestling, basically. Yeah, most definitely. I am a fan of Jack Gallagher's stripy trunks. As well. <laughs> no, I'm a fan of everything Jack Gallagher does at the moment, even though they are green on there. I, I do like the, the trunks. 
and the appearance as well. If you Google Jack Gallagher, you get five or six pictures and a couple of them you think, that's not Jack Gallagher, is it? <laughs> one of them just looks like a normal, you know, Ring of Honor style wrestler. But one thing I have noticed, it's like you had the likes of Rey Mysterio who was cruiserweight champion at one stage and then he was heavyweight champion. And, you know, a lot of the cruiserweights from before managed to get, um, like, you know, intercontinental titles and other titles, but it just seems the cruiserweights are only fighting the cruiserweights and, you know, it's just their own yeah. separate life. Well, this is a problem when you, you separate it like the way they're doing now with the purple ropes and it's just that division. You'd hope that the cruiserweight characters would have, the, the cruiserweights would have such strong characters that they, they could be used on the main roster as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a Gallagher could be used against someone like... Uh, Braun Strowman or something, you know, not Braun. Sorry, um, I'm trying to think of a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Be putting a feud as like a kind of, you know, yeah, like a shameless, yeah, a, a shameless Apollo Cruz thing. They try to do at the start of the year of like a, a veteran saying, "Oh, you don't belong here, really." You know, yeah. And Gallagher now with a big drop kick in the corner. Fucking hell, Daniel Bryan s drop kick in the corner, and Gallagher ends it like that. I mean, he's he's been on a bit of a streak, isn't he? You know, he's a brilliant <laughs> wrestler. Apart from his loss in the CWC tournament i've not seen him lose well no he lost did he that i think much. he lost yeah i mean last week with davari the feud to continue between the two there but like yeah, you say yeah. in a one-on-one in -on -one situation with with no injuries or no distractions gallagher does get the job done as you see the replays hit a couple of fantastic uppercuts on uh gulak as well quite a quick match really six minutes but you know um I think it's worthwhile and it explains that, like I say, Gallagher's not going to go down easy, especially someone like Gulak, who is quite known for the 205 audience, isn't it? Yeah. A big running drop kick that picked him up a few victories in the past and Gulak's not happy about it. So what do you think of the uh, Jack Gallagher-Drew Gulak match, Dan? Yeah, well, Jack Gallagher's certainly been impressive of late. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's is it going to be his time to shine soon? I mean, is he going to get a title shot soon and bring the championship home to England. Yeah, I mean, hope so. I mean, he looks, uh, it looks good for him, and like you said, on a bit of a roll at the moment. Um, and we'll see, shall see what happens in the future for him. But backstage, we saw Perkins and Swan. They had a little exchange, didn't they, Dan? Yes, they did. And Swan said to Perkins, maybe he was right. He was still feeling lucky tonight. Yeah, Perkins had said that Swan was lucky with the Cruiserweight title match with Brian Kendrick last week. And what else did Perkins say? Uh, Perkins said, they are friends, but tonight at, and at Roadblock, it will be he will be the eliminated Swan from the CWC. And the thing about luck is that it runs out. Yeah, I mean, serious side to Perkins there. I mean, we've not seen a lot of that, but like you say, he is the man who eliminated Rich Swan from the CWC. And you know, that's the TJP you want to see, isn't it, Dan? That is most definitely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, next up, we saw a video package for Tajiri. Uh, we talk about guys, like you say, not young guys coming through like NXT, but experienced veterans. Tajiri, you can't get more experience than that, can you? Yeah, no, I mean, he's been for it all. I mean, he's he's actually, you know, done a lot throughout his WWE career. Um, and he certainly looked like a killer in the video package. Yeah, no, he most certainly did the way they played it. You see the buzzsaw kicks and stuff like that, honestly. And he is coming soon as well, so that should be good with um, Tajiri. Yeah, backstage... Gallagher and Davari came face to face. Jack saying that he is the gentleman. Bury the hatchet with him and shake his hand. But Davari said Jack had embarrassed him and things have only just started. Yeah, but doesn't that make Jack such a wonderful person? Not only did he say he was going to attack him the other night when he did, he's also saying that he'll forget everything and just shake your hand. But Davari being a hilly heel that he is, 
Uh, yeah, embarrassed him in front of TV. Uh, in front of, you know, he embarrassed him, putting him in a little package as he did. But that's one of Gallagher's moves anyway. Tavari really should go over it. But like we say, that feud is going to continue. And the next match... The next match is... Linsterado! We saw the promo video from last week, and he's in his first match on 205 Live. And he's going up against Dan. Who's going against Mustafa Ali. And we saw a promo video from Mustafa Ali last week saying that uh, people stereotype him a lot. But, you know, we shall see what he does. He say he can do it all. And, I mean, in this match so far, it's been... They're trading high-flying moves, aren't they? They are, most definitely, yeah. You know, it's changing it up again, Lin Dorado. He's a brilliant high-flyer, the Golden Lynx. Um, and, yeah, you know, he certainly shows us stuff we haven't seen before. Yeah, and that's what he said he was going to do as well. And, you know, it is good to see Dorado... Very impressive on the CWC, wasn't he? But Ali, to credit to him, he he done stuff I weren't expecting from either, you know? Yeah, he didn't last that long in the uh, CWC. I don't think neither of them got past the second round. No, they didn't. But it's good to see them on tour if I get the chance. Of course, uh, Mustafa Ali, the pack and dad. And Linz Dorado just delivered a springboard handspring stunner <laughs> to Mustafa Ali. And love it. <laughs> love it. Well, there we go. Talk about innovation. Him and Ember Moon will make a brilliant tag team. Yeah. But Ali going on to the apron now. Gets caught with a big stick kick by Dorado. Fucking hell. Oh, but both men on the apron and a hurricane runner from Dorado to Ali sending the man crashing to the mat below. I don't think Jay's finished there, is he? Oh, oh springboard moonsault and flying so gracefully through the air taking out Ali. <laughs> this is what we want for the Cruise 8 division, the high flyer moves as we've seen them. And like you say, Dorado with the greatest of ease flying through the air, both on the outside now. But this is the type of match we want to see. You know, you've had a technical start with Gallagher and Gulak, and now you've got these two high-flying guys in Ali and Dorado. And both men on the counter, and your boy Ty Dillinger's getting a shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Ali's back in. Did he get back in time? No, he didn't. Did he, he got get in time? Out? No. No, it was a 10 count. Both men counted out. And uh, Ali can't believe it. And like we say, the assault on the outside... But a count-out finish and... Uh, Ends match, in a draw. Yeah, I mean, that match going that been quite promising now, wasn't it, until it finished. <laughs> They're going to shake hands. Oh. oh, but Ali delivers a big right hand, stating that this isn't over between the two. There was no defined winner. No, trying to get the advantage now, but oh. Dorado there with a spinning heel kick sends Ali tumbling to the outside. There we go, Ali. Do you like Apple? How about them apples? And Dorado will not be beaten down so easy. And like you say, there may be a feud starting between those two men there as well. Yeah, you know, it's good to see a bit of character building. A couple of men starting some personal rivals. And where this is quite brand new, most of the men don't know each other so well. So, you know, they haven't got any past history. So, you know, it is good to see them developing. Yeah, as we move forward. After that, next up we have a video looking at TJ Perkins. A more in-depth look at your one of your favourite guys. Now, he said what did he say? Well, he said that he's a model for greatness and he is this generation's wrestler. I mean, since the CWC, we've yet to see anything too impressive from TJ Perkins. I mean, I had quite high hopes for him, hence why I picked him as my number one guy. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he did win the tournament and he was very impressive throughout the tournament. But, you know, he's, since then, he's... Well, this is my problem with Perkins, even in the CWC tournament, because you saw something I didn't. I I, I want to see him more defined. I We saw him, he's, he's cool. Uh, we see, like, the kind of cocky side of him as we did and, and that kind of way. But is he a face? Is he a heel? You know, what styles he got? Is he technical? Is he an all-rounder and stuff like this? I just want to see 
what role he wants to play. And maybe with the few continuing with Swan and Kendrick, it will we'll see more from Perkins as the kind of, right, we're going to go with him as a, a good guy or bad guy. Because yeah. at the moment, it's it's just confusing, isn't well, it? At the moment, I'm seeing two faces going off against each other and a hill in the background. So I know, you know, maybe it's a slight misunderstanding. We've seen it on films, you know, yeah. where two faces have a face off. And, you know, it is... It makes it interesting and it makes the CWC title more worthwhile, more worthwhile, I think, yeah. because, you know, he respects it that much that he's willing to go face against face. But I think this is a problem because when you is face against face, I mean, for me, Swan now, with the, with, we've seen a couple of videos that they've had for him explaining his younger life, and I think he's uh, a more likable character at the moment. You know, I, I'm rooting for Swan as opposed to Perkins, you know, especially with that kind of attitude he's got. I, I don't know if you like... I, I should like him or not. As we see in the early exchanges, both men move for move and uh, flipping up, double drop kicking each other. I mean, they are very similar in ring, aren't they? Maybe. Who do you think is the better wrestler between Swan and, and Perkins, Dan? Um, on paper, it is Perkins, but from what I've seen, Swan's entertained me a lot more. And that's the thing about Swan. He is likeable and there is the entertainment factor there, you know, in the movie that he does. Whereas Perkins now, you know. I don't know. What are the... Um, keys to victory in this one between Perkins and Swan Dan? Well, Swan needs to hit the rich kick as soon as he can, really. Just before Swan and Perkins could shake hands, Brian Kendrick came out and joined the commentary. Um, is this an advantage for Brian, seeing as Roblox is this Sunday, not having a match and being able to scout his two opponents, Dan? Yeah, most definitely. You know, he's uh, Well, he's been against both of them and he's lost to both of them. So, you know, he's he knows what it's like to be on the losing side, but as far as Rich Swan's concerned, I don't think he's beaten Swan yet, is he? No. So, you know, he's got to look to see what TJ Perkins does to beat Swan because yeah. Perkins has beaten Swan. Yeah, that's exactly that. So, it'd be interesting to see what they do at Roblox as we see Perkins now catch himself Spider-Man-like in the middle rope and then just dumping Swan. Or Swan dives to the outside. Perkins catching up with him and Perkins is going to try and slow this down, make it more technical. I think Perkins can go with the speed but I think Swan is slightly quicker. Perkins trying to back suplex Swan, but Swan lands on his feet. Perkins catches him straight away, not giving him any time. And But Swan there, nice reversal into the Russian leg sweep. Oh, a lovely side Russian leg sweep. Don't see that as much this off, uh, much often. No, you, do, you don't see that a lot. And we see um, Swan come back with a close eyes. But we talk about a CWC match, and that was a cracking match, wasn't it? Yeah, most definitely. I mean... They have been putting it all out. Yeah, fantastic match between the two in the second round of CWC. But tonight, you're going to maybe give it a little bit more time and, and they really do suit each other well. It's been high-flying at the moment, both men outside again. Oh, and TJ Perkins over the top with a corkscrew crossbody, taking out Swan. And both men all, and I think uh, Kendrick's liking this because it's going to wear him down for the weekend. Exactly, and now he can look on and see maybe if one of them picks up an injury, Kendrick can zone on that he's got the uh obviously experience in ring as well being a veteran so because swan 25 years old crazy isn't it how young swan is and he was trained by a man who kicked off the show drew gulak <laughs> yes swings and roundabouts isn't it but perkins can't keep swan down hit with a back suplex and only getting a two two but like i said i bet kendrick is enjoying watching on commentary as we as we see him speak of the devil the devil shall appear yeah are you liking the kendrick character I think it's not too bad. At least it's defined, isn't it? You know, you know, he's a heel, uh, the old man of the cruiserweight division. You know, I think Tajiri will help him out when Tajiri shows up. 
kind of that kind of experience. Just someone known people. name. Yeah, the general fan who go like, oh yeah, I recognise him, you know. It's been a back and forth match, isn't it? No man really had the advantage up until maybe that point there. Yeah, and TJ Perkins with some sort of leg whip on Swan, jerking his knee, and it's got to hurt. Yeah, Perkins, like you said, targeting the leg now. Clever strategy. But Swan has tapped out to the TJP clutched before. Exactly, so maybe that is Swan's kryptonite just wearing it down. Maybe he won't be pinned. But I think Swan has an advantage in a triple threat match. Oh. Because his opponents both rely on submission finishers where they have to lock it in for a few, you know, for a good little while where Swan, standing 450, pin, bosh, done. Yeah, I Seven suppose, seconds. yeah. I mean, usually the champion is at a disadvantage, but like I say, if you've got to try and get submission in, then maybe Swan could take advantage of that. But then you've got slice bread number two from Spanky, so, you know. Yeah, I'm know. sure Perkins has got something amazing he can pull out the bag as well, you know. And as Perkins is wearing down the leg, Swan flips out of it and now trying to fight back. And Both arch. men exchanging big <laughs> blows in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Nice uppercuts. It's been a very good match so far, actually. A big lot of back and forth. Neither man getting a distinct advantage. Yeah. And Swan with the roll up there and a close two, but a kick out from Swan. Ah, and exactly. You can tell Swan and Perkins are... A, a kick co- out from Perkins. And they, yeah. uh, they are the kind of stars of the show at the moment. Putting forward a good match. Perkins got Swan up on his shoulders. But Swan managing to reverse it in a double underhook powerbomb. Yep. Tiger bomb there for Swan. And oh, can't get the job done. A kick out. Oh. And Perkins showing his toughness as well. Like we say, a man who wins five matches to become the first ever Cruiser champion. He's got to be tough, isn't he, Dan? Most definitely. I mean, TJ Perkins has got a lot of heart. It's why I went for him. Um, but as I said, you know, he's not impressed me as much as he did there we go Swan now with a bad leg can he hit the move oh TJ Perkins there with a TJP clutch well Swan went for the standing 450 like he said his knee was injured Perkins tried to capitalise on it the Swan then tried to go for the kick Perkins dodged and now TJP clutch middle of the ring Swan's got to tap out and he does and he does tap out as well TJP with a victory Are are you surprised by that I'm not now, because once that TJP clutch is locked in, you see Swan limping about there. Once it was locked in, you know, you can't dispute that. Oh, I'm know, a, it's a reputable win, I think. I, you know, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised by uh, Swan tapping out. Usually you don't see a babyface champion doing that that often. But like I say, the TJP clutch is a devastating move, and that gives Perkins a lot of confidence, doesn't it, heading into Sunday? Definitely, and Kendrick's making his way down to the ring, clapping his hands for TJ Perkins. I wonder what this is going to lead to. But like we say, a great match as Kendrick's coming into the ring. And he's clapping Perkins with a thumbs up as well. It's nice, Kendrick, isn't it? It's nice. Seems positive and full of joy. He must have an ulterior motive up his sleeve. Oh, is he congratulating both men on just a fantastic match? Swan batting away Kendrick's hand, though. (laughs) Perkins with a super kick to Kendrick. Now what? Oh. Perkins looks set to deliver the super kick to Swan, but... He had his hands up, and he didn't pull the trigger. No, but it's Perkins saying that's how quick it could be for you, Swan, on Sunday. And he said, I had you. Perkins walks away. It's a face move to do. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, Perkins saying to Swan, look, I beat you tonight as I said I was going to, and I said on ro- uh, at Roadblock, I'm going to win the Cruiserweight title again. Maybe the old TJ Perkins is back. It's a big statement tonight. Swan is still the champion. You can't count out Kendrick. He was the last man standing last week. But like I say, anything else about this week's episode 205 Live, Dan? 
Uh, no. What have you thought of 205, the last the, the three episodes that we've seen so far? I thought it's been completely on par. They're getting the time that they deserve and need. They're starting to spark little rivalries going on there. You know, that's a good side of things. And yeah, been very, very impressed with it. No, it's been really good and we look forward to catching 205 live in the new year. But that is it for the Cruiserweights. We now move on to NXT. So, yes, it is NXT Update, Dan. And when does NXT Update start? Now! So, yes, it is our last NXT update of the year. Can you believe the last NXT of the year? It's it's been a long WWE-filled year. Yeah, it has. And what we'll do at Christmas as well is we'll look back retrospectively at the year in WWE and, of course, NXT and see if we love. Of course, we do at the end of this episode as well. We'll look at NXT. Um, And a lot happened, and it is December 7th edition, episode 367. How did we start the show, Dan? We started it with uh, DIY. They're the new tag champs, and they got a great response, and they went into the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was followed by, you deserve it, chance. Yeah. So, definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I say, uh, five minutes they took to get down, you know, to the actual ring, and there was a real, like, emotional feel to it as well, because, like we say, the journey they've been on, they just they deserve it, as the fans rightly said, and, uh, like I say, a, a really, really nice response. But what did they say? Uh, well, before they could actually say anything, the Authors of Pain interrupted them. And Paul Ellering on the mic, what did he have to say? Well, he said, the prophecy of the Authors of Pain has come true. Undefeated and winners of the Dusty Classic. DIY had a premature celebration. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing funny about that line. Is <laughs> That's actually what Ellering said as well. You've had a premature, premature celebration. Uh, but before anything else happened, they were interrupted by the Revival, weren't they? They was, yes. And they said there was only one number one contender for the titles. And it was the tag revolution that was building the Revival. And if they hadn't interfered in the Dusty Classic with the Authors of Pain, they wouldn't have been in the final. Yeah, I mean, that is a perfect thing because, the, like I say, it cost DIY the chance. Revivals, well, have been a constant in the tag team division, haven't they, on NXT as well, so... But uh, the Office of Pain weren't very happy with those comments and went down to the ramp to meet and they pushed them away, didn't they? They did, yes. They pushed them down the ramp and Ellering had some words for both of the teams. He said the next chapter was written by the Office of Pain. Next, tag team champions. And who could argue with that statement? Well, who could argue? I mean, the Office of Pain have been dominant, like say, undefeated, wouldn't the Dusty's Classic? And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But Office of Pain at the moment, I think they're untouchable, aren't they? They are at the moment, yes, but, you know, would they have been there without Vival's interruption? Well, that's true, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the tag team division. And next, we had a new commentator joining uh, Todd Grisham, or Tom Phillips, or the coach, whoever the fuck it is, and uh, Corey Graves, and it was... It was Percy Watson! Exactly! He is a former NXT wrestler, now trying his hand at the commentating. Uh, he, he was in NXT a few years ago. WWE have given a chance to do this. Um, and he danced when Noah Jose made his way to the ring through his match. So it was good to see him involved. And what was the match? Um, it was a tag team match. It was 
No way, Jose and his common tag team partner, new CWC champion, Rich Swan, and they was going against Sanity. Yeah. And then when Sanity came out, we only saw three members. I mean, who who was missing? Oh, Sawyer Fulton's not there. Big Sawyer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Eric Young throws down, saw his jack- jacket, spits at it, and um, steps on it. I wonder what that means. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, I wonder what that means. Is he out? Uh, I don't know what's going on with Sanity, but we'll see how they go in this match. In the early going, uh, Swan and Noah Jose, they, they started strong. But Sanity uh, took over with some hellacious beatdown on Swan. Can he get the hot tag now? Oh, can he, Dan? Can he get it? Oh, can he get it to No Way Jose? He manages. Eric Young gets a hot tag in as well. And No Way Jose on fire and taking Eric Young down with a big punches as well. Oh, Jose, big clothesline. He turned him inside out with that one. And I think No Way Jose, go and finish business with Eric Young. What's putting away now? Oh, TKO. Surely got it. Uh, Nowhere Jose's got the Shirley. thing. Well, I thought Nowhere Jose had it, but Alexander Wolf came in and stopped him. Wolfman in, but Swan in as well. Swan versus Wolf. It's <laughs> normally only one winner there. And the new Cruiserweight champion, what's he going to do? Oh. oh, he goes flying and takes out Wolf. Well, we saw him defend his title last night at 205 Live, and now tonight we see him on NXT. He's all over the shop, isn't he? He's a busy boy. And Eric Young throws Nowhere Jose to the outside. Is this pu- more publicity for the Cruiserweight division, do you think, the 205 Live? It might be a little bit, as we see Eric Young flying off the apron straight into the big right hand by No Way Jose. Oh, but Wolf taking out Swan on the outside. But who's this? Is that Big Damo? That's that's Big Damo, Dan. That is Big Damo. And we've seen him live. We, we have. He, he's Northern Irish, big guy. We've seen him live. Um, do you know a little bit more about him than I do. I mean, what else has he been in? ICW. Yeah. He was in. He feuded with uh, none other than our friend Drew McIntyre. Oh, well, another guy I know quite well. And uh, there was hellacious feuds there. And Eric Young hits the wheelbarrow neckbreaker on Jose and gets the pinfall, protecting the CWC champ. Well, not only that, team. but it's big Damo. He's going to join uh, Sanity. Helped him with a victory there. Like we say, the big Northern Irish man threw... No way, Jose, into the ring post and threw him into the ring. He's picking up Fulton's coat, throws it down and walks away. Well, I wonder what is going on with Big Damo and Sanity, but interesting turn for Sanity there, Dan. Well, you know, they're changing things up inside the Sanity camp and it looks like a Wyatt's reject. What, Big Damo? Big Damo. This Big Damo, mate. He was going around the independent scene. He's very, very impressive. I like Big Damo. What, a large guy with long hair and a beard? Yeah. No, come off it now. We've seen him. <laughs> Shut up. Right, you're right about that. You're right about that, but nothing else. We like Big Damo. <laughs> anyway, enough about Damo and uh, Santi. I'm sure it'll sort itself out. Backstage, uh, Regal had an update about the tag team situation, Dan. What was that? He said that on January the 11th, 2017, the Revival will get their rematch. Yeah. You spelled there wrong. It's T-H-E-I-R. Their rematch, not there. Yeah, interesting you say that. Um, that is my sister's birthday as well. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so. And the winner will face Authors of Pain at NXT TakeOver, which I presume will be the night before Royal Rumble. It is. It is. Big news for the tag team division then. We know what's going on with the Authors of Pain. They will meet the winner of the Revival versus DIY. And that's going to be a hell of a match come January 11th, isn't it, Dan? That is going to be a huge match, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Regal just gave that announcement, and Ty has come into Regal's office looking dejected. 
and uh, looking like he was about to quit and be a man of his word. Because that's what he said last week. If he, what, he couldn't get the victory, wasn't good enough to be in NXT. But Regal stopped him, didn't he? He did, yes. And he said that next week there would be four matches and the winners would go on to compete in a fatal four-way match to become the number one contender to the NXT Championship. And Regal asked if Ty wanted to be in. And Ty said what, James? Uh, Ty agreed and said, yeah, I'll be a part of that. And we see it between these two now. It, it really is a nice segment. You know, Regal believes in Ty Dillinger. You can see that there. Uh, and I, I really like that. Ty's the underdog again. But Regal believes in you. If your general manager does, then you've got to Again, huge announcement because we know it's going to be Joe versus Nakamura tonight in Japan on this episode. But we know we're going to have a future NXT number contender as well. Would you be interested in knowing what the matches were? I would, yes. Definitely. The four matches announced are my man Ty Dillinger versus Sanity Leaders Eric Young. Dan. I'm going for Eric Young in that. All right. Um, it is the 311 boy going against No Way Jose. Which 311 boy? Cien. Cien. I'm going for No Way Jose in that one. Uh, next one. <laughs> next one, only Lorcan versus glorious Bobby Roode, the future number one contender. Who are you going for on that one, Dan? I'm going for <laughs> only Lorcan. <laughs> and next match? Um, it is the guitar-playing douche. Elias Sampson going against Roderick Strong. Yeah, and I'll go for Sampson in that one. <laughs> I would tune in for that one, ladies and gentlemen, because yeah, oh I'm word. sure it's going to be fierce between me and Jimbo Rowlands. Uh, yeah, so, no, seriously, without laughing, matches are Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young, only Lorcan versus Bobby Roode. CN versus No Way Jose and Elias Sampson against Roderick Strong. Yeah, so it'll be interesting what they actually do. And we see backstage the, the sanity being asked their thoughts on what just happened. And we see Nikki Cross... And she's looking at the NXT Women's Championship. Sorry, she's looking at Oscar's championship and Oscar places her hand on it and she doesn't look at all intimidated by Nikki. Well, these two women, well, what a face-off that was, Dan, eh? <laughs> Oscar's just like, yeah, fuck off. Nikki Cross and Oscar will cross paths, I guess, um, as NXT continues to roll on. And speaking of women, Dan, the next match? It is Ember. What? Moon against Kimba Lee. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, what, her name's Kimba Lee or surname? No, it's Kimba Lee. Well, what a weird uh, name she has. And what do you think of her? You see her in ring now, Dan? Um, you know, she's got the look about her. I mean, she looks like a mean woman. She doesn't look like a slim diva, shall we say. You know, I don't want to stereotype the women, but, you know, she looks a bit more built for wrestling. And she gets Ember Moon up in a powerbomb attempt, but Moon managing to get away out of that. Yeah, as we say, Moon's building momentum in herself, isn't she? She certainly is, yes. I mean, we're big fans of her, aren't we, James? Yeah, we're huge fans. We haven't what? We've not missed a match of Ember Moon's yet. Moon watch. In NXT. <laughs> Moonlight. And, um, well, Moonwalk. No. Don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. <laughs> Don't blame it on the good times. Blame it on the Kimberly. Uh, no, Kimberly. Oh, the big kick, but Ember Moon dodged it. Trying to roll her up. But no, Ember Moon. We see Nikki Cross and Oscar. Ember Moon's got to be talked about in that picture now for the next number one contender for the women's title. Definitely, yeah. She's starting to build a lot of momentum. I hope she has an impressive match against Oscar and doesn't get disposed of quickly. See, Ember Moon build momentum. Oh, 
a big handspring forearm there into the corner. Is she setting her up for the most <laughs> devastating move in NXT? Devastating move in WWE, mate. Here she goes. Oh, boom! <laughs> Top rope, stunner. Good night, Kimba. Yeah. Lee. Well, Kimbo sliced then by Ember Moon. The stunner off the top. And is there more hot women at the moment in NXT apart from uh, Ember Moon? Oh, well, I mean, she's certainly gathering a lot of momentum. She's got the look. She's got the moves. She's got to have a number one contendership match soon against Nikki, maybe. I mean, her eyes are red and she is on a red hot streak at the moment. As you see, the stunner again. I mean, it's not called a stunner, but I mean, what a... What a beautiful move that is. No, it is called the Top Rope Stunner. No, she's got a name for I it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. It's it the is top called rope the Stunner. No, I agree with you. I, I actually agree with you. Once in five and a half hours, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me tingle when you uh, say that. And Ember Moon, very impressive. And up next, we have, well, it's main event time as we go to Japan. But we've already been there, Dan, haven't we? So uh, We was there earlier on, earlier on in the night. Yeah, well, it was the first thing we did, really. So this is the last episode. Let's see we're going to watch next. Episode 368. It is the 14th of December, and next and on this episode, we're going to have number one contender qualifying matches. It will be eight men that we talked about earlier, and also we will have, now we know, Tamara Joe versus Nakamura inside a cage as well. So the last episode of NXT we're going to watch on this episode, until the new year, is Wednesday the 14th of December 2016. Well, the Nakamura and Joe match started this show, but we are going to save that. For the main event. So we'll start backstage. Yes, and Peyton Royce and Billy Kay were being interviewed. And when asked if their claim for domination in the women's division didn't mean anything after their loss at TakeOver, this is what they had to say. We didn't lose. Dari calls it. She's a loser. You see? Oh, shit on the we didn't lose. <laughs> Dari did. Because she's a loser. But then Dari showed up and said she doesn't want to be friends. She wants to hurt one of them next week. And it is official she will be facing one of Peyton Royce or Billy Kay. They weren't laughing after that. So we were impressed by Daraya, her MMA style. We'll see what she, she can see what she can do one-on-one next week. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think there's going to be a bit of interference, but meh. Nah, we'll see what happens. Tonight is the start of the four matches to determine who will qualify for the fatal four-way next week on NXT to determine the new number one contender for the NXT Championship. What a mouthful that is. But it will be exciting here tonight. So, we'll so um, it's not, it's going to be over between Joe and Nakamura. So are they tie things up for an inevitable move, maybe? Yeah, maybe? yeah, most definitely. I mean, we speak more on the Joe Nakamura main event, but they're going to determine next week we'll have a new number contender and they will face the winner of Nakamura and Joe, I assume, at TakeOver as well. So it's going to be a big couple of weeks for NXT to realise what the next generation, uh, not ne- the next direction is for NXT. Nakamura and Joey's is coming to an end tonight. And the first match, how can we start with anything better on NXT than Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young? Oh. Last week, we made our prediction who would win each match. Dan, who did you go for in this one? Eric Young. Yes, and I went for Ty Dillinger. Can Ty get the job done? I think tonight, with Regal giving him a chance, it's going to be Ty's biggest victory of his career, Dan. Yes, but he does need to hold off sanity and James Sinazo you're the fan keys to victory my friend well keys to victory for Ty is to get it over and done with before sanity can we see Nikki Cross well and within 10 ball. seconds <laughs> that's a good one yeah but look at Ty he's on fire in the early going with the right hands very young yeah he just needs sanity's help we saw last week with sanity 
big demo coming out after uh, Saul Fulton went. Will that be the future of Sanity? We'll see if they can recover from losing one of their members and see if uh, Big Damo can play a part. But now Ty Dillinger in the corner with a perfect 10 punches. And this might be the greatest episode of NXT ever. You've Ty Dillinger in a match, Bobby Roode in a match, Nakamura Joe main event. You can't really... 3-11, boy. Oh, yeah, 3-11, boy, as well. And look at Ty already stomping a mud hole in Eric Young, walking it dry. I think uh, Ty Dillinger has been in control all this match so far. Well, it only takes one little interference from a Sanity member to change the whole momentum of this match. Oh. And there is said interference. Alexander Wolf get knocked off the apron by Ty. Ty to the giant breaker. Oh, wait a minute. Nicky Cross jumping in. He's too cute. Ty, <laughs> Ty Dillinger had to rely on someone getting disqualified. But, oh, that's not the end of it. And a big clothesline there from Eric Young. I think he's a bit annoyed with Nicky. And wow. even more annoyed with uh, Ty Dillinger. Well, Dillinger made it through, but he might not make it through now. Oh! Manages to deliver a right hand. Takes Wolf off the apron. <laughs> Nicky Cross comes running, but he sidesteps her and delivers her to the outside. There we go. Ty Dillinger dumps Sanity out of the ring. But who's this? That's Damo. <laughs> oh. He's the man that sp- spat on Fulton's jacket last week. What was that, James? Well, that was... <laughs> That was a big demo. That was a big demo, slamming Ty down and a big sent on and taking Ty out. With Ty dealt with three members, couldn't be couldn't beat big demo. And is demo gonna be a part of sanity? We were saying. We saw his appearance last week. Is this an audition for Eric Young, maybe, with the destruction of Ty Dillinger? But again, you know, he, <laughs> you don't know, do you? It's a new dimension added and it looks like sanity are quite scared of Damo, I don't know what to expect. Well, he, you know, he eyeballs them out as he walks away. Episode, but this is going to be an XT episode that just keeps running along. And the next match, Dan? The next match is No Way Jose versus the 311 boy, Cien. Yes, and we've seen Ty Dillinger qualify. This will be another man through. Uh, what do we think of Cien since the uh, heel turn? Only been a lot more impressive. I mean, you know, his uh, fedora and trouser combo are a bit meh, but... You know, he seems to be enjoying his recent heel change. He's been a lot better since yeah. the change. So, you know, hopefully this could be bigger and better things for the 311 boy. Yeah, I mean, it's good that he get getting more TV time as a babyface, you know, especially with people like No Way Jose and, and other guys on the division uh, in NXT. It's nice to see him getting more of a chance, I think. Definitely, CN can have a, a brighter future. But don't get me wrong, I really like No Way Jose. I mean, have you been impressed? I think both men haven't potential have you been yeah, impressed by no way I've certainly been impressed you know we got to see a glimpse into his badass side against uh, AA what's his name Austin Aries yeah and he had a brilliant match against him uh, yeah both men certainly entertaining in their own rights it's kind of mini feud he had with Sanity the past couple of weeks he didn't back down did he and he was on top wow. through that it's what we like to see and with CN Coming off a, a good victory against Cedric Alexander as well, wasn't it? You know, yeah. <coughs> Both men certainly have potential, yeah. and Cien, TJ Perkins, like catching himself in the rope, but un TJ Perkins, like taunting the opponent as well. Yeah, no way. I mean, no, I'll go sit in the ropes as well. <laughs> Bringing the match back to life, and a lovely exchange of ring rope bounces and a flapjack there from NWJ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's got him up now on his shoulders. He's going to go. Spin him round. Sien's going to get dizzy. 
The thing about I like about Noah Jose as well, he's, he's quite a big fella. I think he's deceptively yeah. big, isn't he? You know? It's definitely big, yeah. You think the way, you know, it's just his character and it's some of the moves, but he's a big man. A big fella. But he can't keep Sien down more than one there. Well, well, you know, we saw how he dwarfed his partner and opponents when he went against Nice and Gulak with Swan. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I mean, Noah Jose, I think, you know, we talk about Sien with a heel turn. I don't see why Noah Jose, you couldn't do that for him if it's not working out. Do you know, certain things you can do with a character. Yeah, no, I think he's he's on the right path at the moment, to be honest. He's, you know, he's a cheerful, happy, happy character who likes to dance. Yeah. He's got catchy entrance. And at thing, least he can yeah. re- wrestle as well. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, you can wrestle. He's not just a gimmick. Yeah, that is true. And uh, with CM, we know he can wrestle. He needs to work in his gimmick, but I think that kind of heel style is going to do him well because of the moves he can do. As he's wearing No Way Jose down with the sleeper. But it's interesting to think that one of these men is to maybe become number one contender as well, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Can No Way Jose get some separation, maybe make a comeback? Uh, no way, Jose, with the comeback, and this is what we want now. Gain momentum on CM with the clotheslines, and now Winding hitting him with that, a big arm drag as well. Sorry, that gone. big right hand, but CM blocks it, but he manages to get the pop-up right hand. Well, that's how exciting it was then. And, ooh, kick out. Uh. And No way, Jose, can't believe CM kicked out of the pop-up right hand. And we've seen that move, and it has been impressive. He's had a few victories. It has, and now he's... Got Sien jacked up on his shoulders, but the 311 boy managing to fight out. Sien blocking any attempt he can back on the ropes. Oh, big boot there from almost. Yeah, now he's got him in a kind of, oh, fucking hell, variation of the DDT. And Sien planted him. The 311 boy with a big three. And look at him there, cocky on the mat as well. But impressive victory for Sien, wasn't it? 311 boy. Very impressive victory for him, yeah. Um, you know, it was a good match, yeah. I was happy with it. Yeah, I mean... It, it, it was a quick match as it was, but I mean, Cien get the victory. Like I say, No Way Jose is kind of a safe place where he's going to get good reaction anyway. I guess they are building Cien. So we've had a face and a hill through Dillinger's Cien. And uh, up next. The next match is Elias Sampson, a.k.a. the guitar playing douche, yeah. going against Rod Strong. Yes. Uh, Roderick Strong. Uh, WWE manage- management, apparently, they like Rod. They're quite high on uh, Roderick. Uh, I mean, what do you think of what do you think of him? Uh, well, tell me a little bit about him if you want. Well, he's he's been around for a few years now. You know, he's quite a veteran. Ring of Honor. He's been through Japan. He's known around the some circles as the Messiah of the Backbreaker. Yeah, and uh, we see him coming in thanks to Austin Aries introduced him as a partner. Of course, Aries unfortunately injured, but we see strong in action. Just hitting a backbreaker there on Samsung, but Elias Samsung. Um, Samson does need work, doesn't he, at the moment? Most definitely, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, what are they on? He's a bellend. Well, you've you've hated this gimmick for quite a while. The kind I've hated of, it since I've seen it. Yeah, the drifter, Samsung. I mean, of course, he had the injury. Now he's back. He has got an aggressive size. Uh, aggressive size. I do like his size. He's got aggressive side to him. But I don't think the character works. I mean, we saw him a couple of weeks ago playing guitar, didn't we? And, and trying to sing. And it was awful. As he's taken over on Roderick Strong in this match, put him in a trio woe now. Samson to the outside, working on Strong. He's working strong on Strong, yeah. But again, another opportunity for either Roderick Strong or Samsung to get a chance. I mean, we are seeing the future of NXT here tonight, aren't we? We are definitely, yeah. And uh, I've gone for Strong to be victorious in this match. And you have gone for the guitar playing douche, I remember. Yes, oh, in the last match, sorry, I went for... Um, 
Lower Jose. Come on, Samson, you could do it. So we're one all here. I'm not looking that confident going into the last one. No, I think I think you want only to upset Rude. And Samson has taken over on Strong, wearing him down now. We're working on it now because we see he's got him a sleeper. Can Strong get back into it? Like I say, veteran, been been doing it for years, multiple time champion, and all the independents. Now his chance on the main or main chance on NXT. And he's but it, back. A, it certainly is a chance, though. You know, it's he's got as good a chance as any. I'm I'm not too sure which way this match is going to go. There's one way I'd like it to go, and that's for Strong to be victorious. But yeah. hopefully he is, and he's working up a flurry of knees and elbows. Got Samson up on his shoulders. What's he going to deliver? Double knees to the gut. <laughs> Big boot there to Samson. This has got to be it's it. Like a Two by kick. Three. Oh. <laughs> yes, Strong. Two one. To the whitey boy. Oh, wow. So, Roderick Strong uh, impressing you in that match there? What do you think of the match? That was very impressive, yeah. I mean, you know, it was a good victory over the guitar-playing douche. The fans seem to be very happy with Strong winning, so yeah. Yeah, it's been a good episode so far, uh, and we've still got, of course, the main event of Samoa Joe versus Nakamura Steel Cage match. We have got that, but up next, Dan... It's something we haven't had. Finally, the man is here. We haven't seen his entrance since NXT TakeOver Canada. Up next, it is glorious. Versus Robert Roode. Robert Roode, only Lorcan. And only Lorcan's got big victory every time. Uh, who did you go for in this one? I have gone for uh, only Lorcan. <laughs> he, he don't fuck about with all this pretentious, glorious bollocks. He's just uh, getting the ring, getting the job done. He's beaten a man who's progressed in this tournament. So, you know, why not make it through to the final four? That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. But he does go against the man in NXT, so... What an entrance for Lee Maxi, the future NXT champion as well. A man who beat Ty Dillinger at NXT TakeOver in one of the matches of the year as well. And tonight he's going against uh, a young upstart in Ony Lorkin. This will be a tough match for Bobby Roode. But I think if he gets it done tonight, then he'll go fight four-way and he will be the favourite in that match. Um, Dan, what do you think about Bobby fucking Roode, eh? Um, if he does somehow win this match... <laughs> He will only be coming one step. An ass kicking from Shinsuke fucking Nakamura, basically. <laughs> and look at Bobby Roode there, just out wrestling only Lorkin, just basically taking the piss out of him. Yeah, but just have to say, yeah, that. Glorious. Ty, and even Ty Dillinger, he went up against a man from Sane. Yeah? Yeah. No way, Jose. He was Sien's opponent. 
Even the guitar playing douche is a reputable character against Strong. Yeah, but look at Only Lorkin. Only Lorkin with yeah. a big uppercut's got the super set. Would you not admit that Only Lorkin is the least known man out of these eight people? Yes, I would. Yes, well then. Yeah, he's only getting an upper hand because Glorious is so unglorious. Well, do you think Regal's doing Bobby Roode favours then? <laughs> what, what do you, do you think, Bo- Bobby Roode? Well, he's giving him an easier match. Well, come off it, you know. He, Regal, Even you admitted he's the worst, least known. He is the least, but Regal likes Nakamura, so surely he's going to give Nakamura an advantage. I they do meet as well, don't they? Well, Nakamura don't need an advantage over everyone. He is an advantage over everyone. Well, not really. He lost the title and then got the rematch in Japan. You know, hometown. He didn't even a try. Week he only wanted to. He only lost it because he wanted to win it at home. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I'm bored. I want to lose just so I can win it." Again. Well, I, going against Bobby Roode, Nakamura's not going to have a choice of losing or not. <laughs> Wait, that match oh, bless you. <laughs> Are you sure you're not on any medicine? No. Lorcan there trying a, a top rope move on Rude, but Rude being the uh, the man that he is easily reversing it. And, uh, I mean, yeah, the Rude-Nakamura match, it'll be interesting to see what happens in if it. it but happens, uh, even if Nakamura... I don't even know who's won the match in the cage yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Nakamura... <laughs> yeah, I mean... But the, the thing is, like we say, it could be... Bobby Roode winning the Fatal 4-Way. He's got to win this match, the Fatal 4-Way, and face Nakamura to do that. I mean, it's wrong. They both faced off in Ring of Honor. You know, uh, it could be interesting to see what they do if they want to bring Nakamura up now. As only Lorcan is just getting his face in the apron. Very heelish move there from uh, Bobby. Uh, only Lorcan can't get back into it. Look at Bobby Roode in complete control. He glorious one. About time he got into control. I mean, you know, he was taking a bit of a beating from a relatively unknown fellow. From the start of the match. Oh, Bobby Roode just taking his time going for the net and breaker. And again, Lorcan. One, <laughs> two, <laughs> four. <laughs> Big uppercuts there from Oni. Now, come on, Roode. He's got the glorious one on a back foot now. Oh, no, Roode reverses. Oh, fuck. And a... Go on, Oni. Big body checks to a man twice the size of him, and he's just putting him on a back foot. Oh, you missed that one, then, didn't you? Roode saw it coming. Oh, oh but delivers a big uppercut to Roode. Fuck off, Rude. Go on, Oni. Blockbuster. <laughs> Two. Four. Oh. Fuck me, the glorious one was nearly a glorious pinned wreck. But he kicked out. Oh. And Bobby Roode is still in this match and only Lorkin. You might hit that, son, but I think you've just shot your load there. Bobby Roode will get back up. But Bobby Roode is certainly on the back foot into this match as he struggles into the corner and only Lorkin. He's got to be feeling his adrenaline rush now. Oh, big elbow there to Rude's chin. Come on, Bobby, what the fuck are you doing, son? Go on, Oni. Oh, Rude going for a shoulder block. Bang! There you go, spine buster like that. It is over and done. Only Lorkin, fair play, mate. You just walked into that. It's over for you now. And look at Bobby Rude, the glorious one, just stalking his prey. He's got Only Lorkin. Stalking his prey ain't fucking Randy Orton. He's nothing like fucking Randy Orton. He will never be anything like Randy Orton. So don't even use that category for him. You're right. He's better. And he hits the inverted DDT (laughs) and he gets the free count. Bobby Roode is advanced through to the Fatal 4-Way match next week. And what a glorious match that was, Dan. That was a brilliant match for Oni Lorkin. I mean, Bobby Roode was on the back foot for that match. And he had to rely on a couple of moves that he managed to pull out of his ass to win a match. Exactly. And you said only Lorcan had nothing and he impressed you in this one. So maybe exactly. a little bit of future Only Lorcan had nothing. Can Rude struggle? So how is he going to beat three other men who 
pretty much cruised through. Victory. Underestimate Rude at your own peril. The glorious one is through. He will, Bobby, he will face, uh, Bobby Rude <laughs> will be through. He will face Ty Dillinger, CN and Roderick Strong to become new number contender. But the question is now, Dan, who will be the NXT champion? As we take but a quick... As I said, they're on. only one step closer to an in- inevitable arse whooping from Shinsuke Nakamura, or at very least, Samoa Joe. Yeah, so it all started in Japan. It ends in Australia. What a podcast and what a main event. For the last time in NXT, Dan. Shinzuki fucking Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. NXT Championship. Steel cage match. You know, sometimes when you experience a loss, it makes you reflect a bit. It makes you look in the mirror and it makes you see what you've turned into. In my hunt for the championship for over a year, I ran roughshod through everybody in the back. I choked out enemies. And I destroyed friendships. And that's why I'm out here right now. Shinsuke Nakamura. That you are a deserving contender. And more importantly than that, a worthy champion. So as a worthy champion, as somebody who I feel deserves respect, I'm going to afford you the same respect that I may not have gotten because I'm going to change things here with action. I want my rematch. Rematch, you are on. Respect it. You don't know respect it. You don't know. 
I am Samoa Joe. I. I will destroy Shinsuke Nakamura. Samoa Joe. You want mine? NXT Championship. Top got it. I just beat you with no mercy. It is all about the NXT title now. And the final encounter, they're building it as a final encounter between Samoa Joe and Shinsuke fucking Nakamura. We've seen their entrances. It is time now for a steel cage match. What have you thought of this feud that has dominated NXT throughout the year, Dan? It's certainly been interesting. And when Balor moved up to the main roster, you know, we wasn't sure how he was going to be filled. And they introduced Nakamura into the... Samoa Joe matchups, you know, made it a little triangle thing. And yeah, you know, the transition was brilliant, smooth, and. Yeah, the few, few's been good for you, yeah? You've enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, they've been entangled, like we say, uh, Brooklyn 2, NXT Brooklyn 2 in August, with Nakamura beating Joe. First time of asking for the NXT title. Yeah. Of course, it, building through with Joe, the sneak attacks on Nakamura, injuring his back, and Nakamura missing NXT TV for about four weeks on the build up to take over Canada. And of course, the shocking events that happened there as well with Joe beating, well, beating Nakamura and no one saw that coming. I don't care what anybody says. And then, of course, in the build-up with the rematch in Japan that we saw at the start of this episode with Nakamura winning back the NXT title, didn't he? Yep, yeah. It was, you know, we knew it was going to happen, but it was still very good to see. You know, it was it was a good way of introducing the Japanese fans into something as well, you know, taking it overseas and involving their fan base. We've also mentioned that with the Japanese talent that we've had through, you know, Nakamura, Oscar, and people like that. But also we were mentioning the Australian talent that came through, you know, the TM6 ones that were there, the Peyton Royce and Billy Kay now. And of course, with NXT being able to, they've, they've even got, they've got bigger now, haven't they, from last year where it was in London and places in America. Now they've moved to, like, say, Japan because of Nakamura, Australia because of the talent they've got now. And it is getting bigger. And it feels, for me, the, the title match here, Nakamura Joe, it feels more main event as well compared to the previous champions that we have. You know, like, a Neville or something like that. I think, yeah, it's yeah. the title means more now, doesn't it? It certainly does, yes. But you can't argue from the inaugural winner of Seth Rollins. You know, they've all come through and they've all dominated in the main roster aside from... A mentionable couple, uh, Bo Dallas, he wasn't no, yeah, don't, yeah, they, as they, successful. They dropped the ball with Dallas. I mean, a few NXT tats come through. This is the thing about, you know, um, Finn Balor, they, they treated right when he came through. But Neville, like we say, has not really done much. But in NXT, the way they're treated, it is treated as stars. The NXT title is the number one title. And, and they just they have great matches. They get given time. And it just works out. You know, in NXT, they, they do it so right. We, we see it every week. They do the hour show. We get the big, these big matches that we have. I mean, Nakamura is someone that we were talking about. We didn't know much of last year. Go on, Dan. Oh, no. I mean, like, you know, early on in the year, you said, oh, yeah, there's a new talent coming in. Watch us. Keep a watch out. I think it was on a podcast. And yeah, I correctly guessed Shinsuke Nakamura. And since then, it's, you know, he's just gone from strength to strength, really. Yeah. 
And like I say, we're going to the uh, third year of the podcast now, unbelievably. And with NXT, it all started, you know, we talk about Nakamura, we talk about talent, with Samoa Joe. You know, it was Joe watched that we first started watching NXT on the network through that. Definitely, yeah. And then we decided to, okay, we're going to stop Joe watch, we'll do the NXT update as we do. And because we were so impressed with the rest of the card. Yeah. <coughs> and we started doing that, we started watching the TakeOver events. And it's just, it is, for me, it is the most wrestling show Definitely, of the week, yeah. you know? Yeah. I struggle with Raw. I like SmackDown, but I think with NXT, because it's only an hour as well, it just, for me, it flies by, you know. It doesn't, it focuses more one show on one rivalry mainly, and it has, you know, a couple of other filler matches, introducing new talent, you know, putting over different talent, and, but, you know, they're doing it all right. Yeah, no, they really are. I mean, at the moment, of course, as we've seen tonight, the NXT title was the main focus. Who is the next number one contender for that? We already know on January 11th it's going to be the Revival versus um, DIY for the tag team title. So then that story will come back in line. We just hope, like we say, when the talent moves up, they get treated as such. You know, Nakamura and Joe are main event level talent in my eyes. And I think they should be treated when they move up to NXT. But in the match, in the early going, down, what have we seen in this cage match? Um, well, it's been quite an early exchange between the two. I think Joe's more familiar inside a cage of recent, you know, um, he's faced the demon, Finn he, Balor. He did over the summer, he faced Finn Balor. We talk about Balor's run as NXT champion. That was Joe and beating him. So the only NXT cage match in history, yeah, Samoa Joe has won it. Oh. So, you know, you could say this is the Samoan's domain, but Shinsuke is holding his own with a Powerful belly-to-back suplex. Yeah, that was a wonderful suplex. And you can see just how hard they hit. You know, you talk about Nakamura being the king of strong style. Oh. Oh. I thought Nakamura was going to go for the Kinshasa, but Joe caught him in the power slam. And yeah, the hard hitting of it, it's not... I mean, their first match at Brooklyn was kind of, you know, they wrestled in it. And since then, it's been a real brawling kind of... Yeah. You talk about Nakamura, King of Strong Style. We know Joe hits hard as well. They match up quite well. It's tough matches, aren't they? <laughs> well, do you think they've said to each other backstage, you know, like, just go for it. Yeah. You know, we've had good matches. We know each other a bit better. No. Just lay it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. As we Both see- men can take it. Both men, you know, they know what the big picture's like from other organisations. Yeah, exactly, and they've been there, done that, and look at the exchanges now between the two. <laughs> Huge exchanges between the two. <laughs> oh, Joe slapping Naka. Nakamura going for the kick, but Joe dodged, and now he's got him in a sleeper. I mean, keys to victory in this. I mean, we say it so many times for these two men. The final time Nakamura and Joe have to do to win. Uh, Nakamura's got to use his speed to try and gain an advantage, use his strong, powerful kicks, you know, you know, can cause good separation between the two, and Joe, he's just got to wear him down. Maybe lock the coquina clutch on him and just try and put Nakamura to sleep because, you know, Nakamura's always so full of energy. You try and take that energy away from him, it could try and shut him down. Yeah, exactly. And we see there Nakamura just struggling to fight out the submission, just trying to get away from Joe. Oh, lovely scissors kick there to the back of Joe's head and then following it up with a beautiful running knee to the side. Well, both men down, but the NXT title is on the line in the main event of the WNR podcast. <laughs> It is. The first match on NXT is the main event for us because we think it deserves main event status. Not yeah. taking anything away from Bobby Roode, eh, James? No, nothing away from Bobby Roode, but we started, like we say, in Japan with Nakamura and Joe. And we're ending on Australia with Nakamura and Joe. It will, it will the same kind of pod happen again, and it's good that it can on this week's show, you know? 
And what what a show we've had this week! You know, all all we've watched. Yeah, as you know, we've certainly watched a fair few matches. I think it's the record holding podcast for the amount of matches we've listened to and reviewed. Yeah, I mean we've had two i five live. We've checked in with ECW, WCW. Of course, we had NXT update as well. And Shinsuke there trying to climb up to the top rope, and he's going to look to escape the cage. But Joe hot on his heels and following up the side and managing to cut him off. This could be dangerous now. He's got him up. He's not, not a muscle buster <laughs> off the top. <laughs> oh, my God. No. If he gets him up, he's going to break him. Now, Nakamura fighting out. The weird style of Nakamura managing to get kicks at that kind of angle as well, isn't he? He was. He was about an inch away from Samoa Joe's head, but he still managed to deliver a few effective knees. It was able to strike in a Nakamura now. Sunset flipped a powerbomb, but Nakamura more collapsed then took Joe down. And Nakamura is hurt. Like we say, being a, is he 100% in a steel cage match? You're going to feel the effects of it as well. And again, Nakamura, is he looking to escape? And Nakamura just sitting on top of the top rope now. Waiting for Joe to get to his feet. <laughs> oh, oh, big knee. Was that King, King Shasha? Shasha? Yeah, off the top. King Shasha off the top rope. And that's got to be it now, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but I do think Joe may be out. But Nakamura is still trying to cover himself, trying to get to his feet. And Joe, it looks like he's going to be up for Nakamura is. The punishment both men have taken, not only in this match, but like I would say, the run of matches that they've had, Nakamura not being 100%, neither Joe, might be easy pickings for the next number one contender, Dan. You don't know. Well, uh, I think, you know, he's, he's still going to have a tough match on his hand. Yeah, the door is open for him, like the door is open in the cage now. Will Nakamura go out of it? No. <laughs> He's looking to slam the door shut, and he wants to finish the Samoan inside. Oh. Boom! Second King Shasha. And Joe must be out cold from that. <laughs> we talk about it being personal between the two men. Nakamura saying, no, I want to do more punishment. Joe. Psyching himself up, though, managing to get up to his feet. Oh! Boom! A third King Shasha, and Joe is seeing stars, and I think he's been busted open. And that is the free count for Shinsuke fucking Nakamura. And still the NXT champion, and Nakamura there, proving a point with Joe and ending this feud, and still being NXT champion. I mean, Dan- the match was, it was brilliant. Uh, Shinsuke was definitely on top form I think you know it was more of the Shinsuke that we've seen and we love he completely steamrolled through Joe I think Joe got the odd few moves in but it was you know mainly Shinsuke brilliant yeah yeah no I think it's their best match of their feud I'm going to say that I've really enjoyed it here tonight in Australia it's been different hasn't it we've been on a journey with these two men now it's finally over hopefully Joe I mean thoughts for Joe what's going to happen to him after this now um I don't think it's taken too much away from Joe to be honest you know because after the second King Shasha the first one was a springboard Joe was still getting up and he was wanting more and it took a third and a fourth yeah third, third it took a third to put Joe out and yeah you know I think Joe Definitely deserves a push up to the main roster. Shinsuke, you know, he's he's got to find a worthy successor to his title before he's going to let it go. Yeah, I mean, Joe, like we say, hopefully gets a 
a place in the Raw Rumble. That would be great for him now as we move on. And like I say, Nakamura, we're going to find out next week. We'll find out in the new year for us on the WNR podcast who is the new number one contender for Nakamura's title. So we'll be looking forward to that. We'll still have the tag team title match and we'll know what's kind of shaped the takeover is happening. But no, great match and uh, NXT again. Uh, it's always enjoyable. Thoughts on NXT this year, Dan? As we look back, this is the last time we're looking at NXT in 2016. What have your thoughts been for, for the year in NXT? From the get-go from NXT, it certainly reeled us in. I mean, you know, we was, from the beginning, we was only seeing snippets of what Samoa Joe can deliver. And then, you know, we expanded into more of NXT and we've, you know, we've developed some favourites that we like and we've gone on to follow. I mean, you're wearing a Bobby Roode top. We wouldn't have known anything about if it wasn't for NXT. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura, wouldn't have known anything about him. You know, we've learned a lot of, you know, even no much of him before Joe Watch. And, you know, the rivalry we saw between them, brilliant. Finn Balor, you know, we've seen him rise up to the Raw roster, an unfortunate injury in one of his first matches. You know, put him out until, you know, next year, early next year, hopefully we'll see him again. But, you know, for the majority of the NXT champions, they've gone on to do great things. Yeah, they really have. And I mean, 2016, kind of taking it on to the next level where, like we say, the NXT roster was was in the middle of the year. The NXT roster was basically taken away, wasn't it? You know, American Alpha, Carmella, Bliss, Corbin, uh, Balor, they're all, Bailey were all taken away. And we wondered how NXT were going to recover. Like we say, we had Nakamura only in April. We had Rude in August. We've had the Revival giving the best tag team matches that they've had all year. You know, they've had two matches of the year, American Alpha and um, DIY. The product's been good. They've not been a bad takeover this year anyway, has there? The only weak point I will say for NXT has been the women's division. I know we've seen, like, the rise of Ember Moon, and she looks probably one of the most worthy successors to Oscar when Oscar gets the inevitable push-up, you know, which we all hope to see soon. But, yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they can strengthen that side of things. But tag teams, they've got a few good tag teams coming through. Singles competitors. There's a couple of serious competitors out there, you know, that could truly take over the mantle as NXT champion from Shinsuke. But I'd like to see a few more come through next year. Yeah, no, it's definitely. And the thing about the women's division, it would have been better if Bailey had beaten Oscar at Brooklyn. I'm still not pissed off about losing, but if she'd have done that, then the feud would have continued and you could have that more. A bit like the Joe Nakamura feud, but because Bailey's been on the main roster now and not really done anything, has she, you know? So. No, she could have stayed another six months in NXT and benefited from it. Yeah, and, but like I was saying, there's not been a bad NXT TakeOver event, has there? You know? There certainly hasn't, no. Uh, now they're spreading it off with the big four events. The tr- trouble will be is that they'll start uh, overshadowing the actual WWE pay-per-views instead, won't they? <laughs> well, you know, the NXT event in uh, you know WrestleMania, that was better than WrestleMania itself. Yeah, which, and yeah. exactly the same with Brooklyn as well with SummerSlam. You know, that was better. Survivor Series, I think that trumped... Yeah, I mean, slightly. You did have two match of the year candidates on that, didn't you? So, or yeah. three match of the year candidates. So, yeah, you know, you can't forget about Rude and Dillinger. You know, that, that's just one of those matches. Wasn't that really was match of the year. But yes, no. But we've had Bobby Rude. We've had Ty Dillinger as well. You know, NXT has got a bright future ahead of it. And uh, yeah, 2017 will be the year Bobby Rude. You just heard that here, anyway. So, 
But no, that's it for NXT. It's been good. We'll continue it in 2017. Quick news before we go. We've just had in. We've, just, we've been told there will be a new championship in WWE, Dan, won't there? Yes. And I don't know. It makes me smile because it is the UK, the WWE UK championship. And, you know, I don't know if that stands in the same stead as the US championship. You know, if it can be won by non-citizens of US, you know, or non-citizens non-citizens of the UK. But, yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see what goes on with that. And a, ma- a name that stands out is Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, he's coming over from Ring of Honor to uh, commentate on the shows. And he's a guy who was going to go sign for WWE a couple of years, a few years ago, but due to injury, never really made it. It is good to see him across. But uh, also, yeah. I hear it's kind of like uh, the brainchild of Robbie Brookside and William Regal. Oh, right. I think they've got a lot of pull in the talent because obviously, you know, they're well-known English talents. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I remember seeing Robbie Brookside, a very young Robbie Brookside, on an English wrestling video, video, video cassette that I used to own. Uh, it had the likes of Giant Haystacks, Bomber Pat Roach, Fit Finlay. Uh, you know, I remember talking about this. This is one of the early memories yeah. I have of wrestling. And yeah, Robbie Brookside featured in that. You know, a very young Robbie yeah. Brookside. Yeah, I mean, if you're English and you've gone to a wrestling show as a kid, you have seen Robbie Brookside, like say, a, a coach in NXT now. Of course, Regal's a part of that. But yeah, WWE announced that they will crown the first ever WWE United Kingdom champion during a special two-night tournament on the 14th and 15th of January, starting the year 2017. Which is odd, because there is a... I've left an episode spare in January, for not sure, and now this will fill it, because it's on the WWE Network. Uh, The unprecedented event will feature a single elimination tournament, we know how we love tournaments, and showcase competitors from all four home nations and Ireland, and they include people like Trent Seven, Peter Dunn, Tyler Bate, and Wolfgang. It's all people, if you've been around the UK, you would have seen them. Uh, but yeah, like we say, it'll be a big thing. And it is being held in the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, which incidentally is Regal's hometown as well. So it will be interesting to see what they do. They have said it will be on the WWE Network. It's interesting. You know, we talk about the Japanese talent. We talk about the Australian talent. It's good that the UK, with Jack Gallagher and people like that, I was just chance. about to mention the name Jack Gallagher. You know, we've... We, we've strongly admired William Regal as well. You know, he's had a brilliant persona throughout his career. Bad news, Barrett. You know, he certainly impressed us. Seamus, he's been well... Cha- <coughs> Finn Balor. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how things go with that. Yeah, and of course, WWE want to keep us sweet as well because we know they know we're, our, we're their second biggest audience as well, you know. And uh, with, with this kind of thing, yes, it will be interesting to watch, on, especially if we're on the network. And of course, us being English as well, we'll be watching it. But that is everything from NXT and the WWE Network catch up and 205 Live this year on this podcast. All I've got to say is you can find us at Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins, also on Facebook. Uh, yeah, you can come and find our page. It is the WWE Network Review. Come and give us a like and just let us know whatever thoughts you've got on your mind. Or you can come and add me as a friend. I'm Vince McDan. Yeah, he's fantastic on that. He is. He's, he's always doing the messaging. You're very funny. And, of course, on Twitter as well. You can't forget at Vince McDan WWE. I know you said that. Give it another plug because, you know, uh, my Twitter... 
my Twitter, I don't really go on it a lot. You know, the WWE Network Review, at WWE Network Review is the main focus point for that. But also follow Vince McDan because he'll give you extra stuff as well. We also across all the Google platforms. You can send us an email at www.gmail.com or the WWE Network Review at gmail.com as well. Just let us know what you think of everything. YouTube as well. I promise you we are going to update it soon. All right? I've had a little bit of issues, but we will do it soon. WWE Network Review there. You can follow us. You can listen to us in numerous ways. Like one of them is SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Stitch Radio, iTunes. You can download, subscribe, and rate and review there. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you for WWE Roadblock, which will be coming midweek before our Christmas episode. Thanks, everybody, and bye. Bye.